Um, Channel 10. <laughs> what up, world? Thank you for checking out the Channel 10 podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure you rate, subscribe, and comment, and like, and favorite on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher to help us get up in the ranking so that we can keep growing and keep bringing you this content. Also, check out channel10podcast.com where you can check out our full archive of episodes as well as additional content and click on the store and purchase Channel 10 Podcast merchandise. All right. With that, let's get into we the show. Peace. And we used to think the people would catch on. No, but if you're not from Queens, if you don't got Time Warner or whatever, like, well, I didn't know that. Yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up? On, man. Hold up, watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. Hold up, all good, baby, in every hood, son. Hold up, yeah. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo. Call is now being recorded. Can you hear me? Yep, yep, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Pretty good. Cool, cool, cool. What's happening, fellas? Nothing much, Nothing man. Much, it's, good man. To, um, it's good to speak to you. Um, I added Gista on the uh, thing, too, but he hasn't uh, added back yet. Um, you think I should uh, just call him on the phone? Yeah, um, I just talked to him a few minutes ago, and he should he should be settling in in a second if he hasn't settled already. So, yeah, just try to get him again. Okay. Man, first of all, I'd like to say thank y'all, man. Thank oh. y'all for even covering us. Oh, no <laughs> doubt, man. Um, we uh, checked you out through um, uh, Mateo, and um, and I really enjoyed the project. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you much. So, um, you know, we kind of just want to get into, um, I guess, you know, how you guys kind of came up and... Um, you know, everything that kind of led up to the project. Because um, I did go back and I listened to some of um, Jesus' old, um, older projects and just, you know, the development of the sound until um, Don't Shoot the Messenger. And then there's a couple interesting things um, that I've kind of wanted to get into from the new project as well. Like, um, you know, how you said some of those beats were from the 90s, actually. Oh, yeah, man. Um, a lot of them came from out of my archives, really. And what I was basically doing is trying to, like, I heard, me and Gista was talking. We linked back up a few years ago, but, like, I, we basically came up together. Gista's a little bit younger than me, and I used to do some intern work at his uncle's studio. Uh -huh. So, you know, over the years, you know, we see each other off and on. But, like, me being familiar with what he does, what I wanted to do is take him out of his comfort zone. And he was in the midst of doing, um, he, I don't know if you're familiar or not with his um, classic um, status mixtapes, the classic status mixtapes he was doing. Yeah. You know, and I, the idea hit me to really, okay, I want to really give you some of this, these things out of my archives, which was done in these areas, you know, done in this time, and see what becomes of that as well, you know. And it just, between that, the way the title came about and everything, it just morphed into something completely different, man. And it's it's been a good ride. You know, I, I really enjoyed making this album. 
That's what's up. Yeah, it definitely um um it definitely brings that authentic sound from before. And it's interesting that you said that you wanted to take him out of his comfort zone because he's like to me, he sounds more in his comfort zone than ever. Like the way he was just kind of flowing over those beats and everything. It's like he fit. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, he steps up to the task, man. You put something in his face and he's going to eat it alive. And mm. that that was good as well. It wasn't really, like, I've done, I've dealt with rappers before where it's just, okay, you try to find the right thing, try to find the right thing. Okay, this don't work with him, this don't. But, man, everything everything I pretty much gave to him for this, he, he lunched on it. And he attacked it. Mm. That's you know, what's it's crazy. It's like we don't we don't have anything on the cutting room floor. This is, I mean, we we went for it. Mm. You know, we everything that we recorded, we used, and that's that's just that's crazy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you guys uh, definitely have a good fit, especially coming, you know, you know, coming up from the early age, and then uh, reeking. Um, I just sent him another um, another contact request. I guess he's not quite settled in. Uh, yet I don't want to get into too much before you know we can yeah. officially get started. I got you. I got you. Yeah, so um, are you working on um, are you working on his uh his uh new album as well? Um, I think I'm gonna show up more so. I know nothing else. I'm gonna end up mixing with him on it. Okay. Um, but I did some scratches on some things as well. We gonna see how it goes. But he's. For the most part, that's already mapped out. I like what he has for it so far. It's just a matter of finding, okay, piece and which songs are going to go where. Mm. I mean, mm. for that, he, he don't really need me much. Mm. I think I'm going to come in on a mix, definitely. But like I said, man, he does what he does, and he does it well. Mm. That's what's up. And... Um you know, um, I guess looking at Mateo's interview, um, you, you know, we're looking at, you know, some of the things that, that you've been involved with. Like, um, you said that you indirectly work with uh, Mia X. Yeah, um, with Mia, I was working with a group called Desiree off of Take Four Records in New Orleans. And they pretty much, one of the, they're one of the original, I guess what you call, bounce artists. And it was it were two high school girls at the time, and basically, you know, their producers got a lot of us to basically produce and write for them. They weren't really writing their own stuff. You know, Mia um, was working with one of the other producers on the album, and I ended up, along with Mia, coaching them on how to say those rhymes that, you know, she wrote for them, so... Indirectly, I, I have worked with Mia. I've actually worked with Kane and Abel yeah. on like some of their earlier demos. You know, they've they, they've seen me. They've seen me in action too. Uh, Mac from No Limit. That's one of my close friends, man. Mm. I really pray they they do what they got to do and get this boy home for real. Mm. And man, we've got you know we Mac myself and about a gang of us started a collective called Cycle Ward. And in New Orleans, you know, we pretty much, I'm not tooting my own horn, but we, we're legends as far as underground hip-hop is concerned. You know, we took it, we built on what was happening, and we took it to a level that, that was just crazy, especially around that time in the, you know, early to mid-90s. We was, we was tearing shit up, man. Mm. 
I've I've been around. I've worked with some people. Of course, DJ Jubilee, who's a legend, pretty much. And it's crazy. I've ended up working with so many people that were architects of bounce, and it's not really my cup of tea. I understand it. I know how it works. I know it's a floor filler, especially when I'm DJing. But, you know, it's not something I can sit there and listen to all day. It's not something that I produce. I don't produce in that style. But, mm. hey, life takes you on a crazy road sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were saying that, um, that, uh, that you know, you uh, had more of the heart for producing, but, um, but you ended up kind of DJing a bit more. Yes. Um, a good deal of my partners are DJs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I... I've always collected records. I'm into production. Everybody has always come to me for music. You know, when they're out, it's like, who made such and such? You know, they want to add some flavor. They, they come and get it from me. So, you know, from producing, I knew how to blend records. You know, I, I know all the music anyway because I'm still a fan of it. And it just made sense. When my partner started getting overworked, I said, bro, come do this party. Come do this. Come do this. So before you know it, it's like, oh, shit, I'm a DJ now. I'm really, really a DJ now. <laughs> mm-hmm. How much... Uh, what about... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, uh, how much bounce music do you incorporate in your DJ sets? It depends on what I'm doing and where I'm at. That's, uh-huh. you know, um, most nights, like I'm, in, I'm here in Houston right now. Houston still has a large New Orleans population here. So... Throughout the course of the night, you know, I'm going to sneak a couple of things in and see how it go. If it's going well, women are moving pretty right, you know, I might do a nice 20-minute set or something like that. You know, most of the time I throw out, I pull out the classic stuff. The classic stuff works better, in my opinion, than the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I'm not knocking nobody's hustle or whatever, but, you know, I, I don't really care for the turn that most of the newer balance is taking. You know, it's just, even the call and response of it that used to be there is just gone. It's just a whole lot of, you know, sample triggers right now. And it's just like, ah, I can't I can do without this. Mm-hmm. You know, but back in the day, it was like, you know, it was really, I always related it. And I used to tell, you know, the guys that would, you know, turn their nose up at it. Like, Damn, hip hop, blah, blah. No, no, bro, it really is when you think about it because you got a DJ, you know, you got two copies of a record and he's going back and forth, back and forth. You got that MC, that MC is in the front and he's working the crowd. That's the essence of hip hop music. Mm. And that's undeniable. And then not only that, you know, with Bounce, there's the, there's a direct correlation with Go-Go. You know, mm. Because, man, um, because most of the, excuse me, most of the classic bounce, you know, artists, they came up in the project block parties, you know, you hear that, don't touch that stereo, you know, you can hear that bottling out for, for miles and miles, you know, I mean, Trouble Funk and all that, man, we, we love that shit coming up, you know? Wow. Like, believe it or not, man, we, we really went for that. Wow. So. It's it's uh, interesting because like you know um, I guess New Orleans kind of has the bounce and then you know here in Baltimore we have like the Baltimore Club which is like our dance 
music genre and then you know the go-go in dc and it's interesting because you know um especially you know um, I went to school in D.C. It's like, you know, Go-Go is just kind of this local D.C. thing. So I never thought that it kind of kind of spread down there and it influenced, um, you know, your genre of music as well. Man, I'm going to tell you, Chuck Brown was like a god, you know, because, I mean, New Orleans, we like to dance, point blank. We like, you know, women love to shake their ass. And, I mean, you, you know what Go-Go is. It's, it's straight-up ass-shaking music anyway. So yeah. it just works. It, it it worked. It worked. All all the dances. It worked. You know. As we got older, we started developing our own thing, and that's where the bounce came in. You know. Mm. I mean, somehow, some way, you know, Showboys drag rap. You know, everybody just gravitated to that, and that just became the beat. You know, that's that beat. Mm. Yeah. You know, two Trigger Man. Two, two copies of Trigger Man will save your life in New Orleans as a DJ. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, I think Lil Wayne mentioned those records too, Trigger Man and the Drag Rap as well. Yeah, yeah. like Drag Rap, um, Cameron Paul's Brown Beat, which is actually at the tip of my tongue. Dang, I hate when I do this. I really hate when I do this. I, that sucks. But I'll get I'll get it back to you. But those those two are like the staples, and then Manny Fresh did this track for this rapper named Cheeky Black called Bitch Get Off Me and that has really that instrumental is pretty much that's that's that that's easy. You throw that on, it's, it's about to happen. It's gonna go down. Mm. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah, New New Orleans always um it seems like there's a lot going on there that a lot of people don't know about because um I guess, you know, one of the things I always kind of liked from there were the brass bands. Are you, um... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was like the Rebirth Brass Band and those uh, types of groups? Man, there's so many brass bands. And mm. brass bands really kept musicianship alive mm. in New Orleans because, you know, you, you, you got all these little kids. They don't know much, but, you know, they got a trumpet in their hand at five, six, seven years old because they see their uncles and their cousins in the band, so they growing up, you know, doing what they what their family doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Brass band keeps young musicianship alive in New Orleans. And right now New Orleans is going through a thing with the what I was the quote unquote new New Orleans where, you know, all these carpetbaggers have moved in and they're trying to change the neighborhoods. And you can't do that, man. People come to New Orleans for the for the different flavor. And then, all of a sudden, they want to change it. Man, you can't change the way these people have done things for 300 years. Mm. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you're in the middle of Treme, which is a basically a, a musical neighborhood, and you're mad because there's music going on at 12 midnight. Well, you moved into this. Mm. <laughs> it don't make sense. Mm. Now you mm. want to change it? For real? <laughs> Like uh, change it how like dro- drop like a Whole Foods or something like that in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, no, change it like passing ordinances where the music is too loud. You know, it's like really? Are you crazy? Mm. You know, um, one DJ, uh, DJ Soul Sister. She's a funk and well, like a lot of funk and old school disco stuff. DJ, she's real good by the way. Um, she's doing a wedding this weekend. I just read this and. 
you know, the police came and shut the wedding down because of a noise ordinance. Like the noise is too loud. It's like, really? In the first quarter? Really? Mm. Come on, mm. bro. I got to stop that. It's like they're trying to like rearrange and shift the whole culture and don't know nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How frequently do you go back to New, to, uh, uh, to New Orleans? Man, I usually get back once every three months. But in this year, I think in the last two months, I've been back down about three or four times alone, just... Either seeing my family, DJing, and things of that nature. So I, it's, I haven't been back this many times in a year in a long time. Mm. So when you, so when you go back and DJ, I mean New Orleans, like um, is the demo, is the uh, the demography of your crowd changing? When I go back now, it's usually if I'm DJing, it's usually for weddings or something of that nature, or I make it a private party. And when I'm going for something like that, you know, they know what I'm going to give them anyway. So, you know, they, they're, they're like, okay, we're going we gonna to let you do what you do. So mm-hmm. I, I, I can get by with doing whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, a, you get enough drinking, people, you can play Mary Lamb over the right beat and they're going to rock with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then how um you know with the influx of the uh, of the New Orleans population in in Houston, um, like how has that kind of uh, shaped the city and how has that influenced uh, you as well? Has it shaped New how Orleans has, or has how has that shaped Houston? Uh, Houston? Yeah. In Houston, um, it, it's a it's a love hate because uh, they they tolerate a little bit. Every once in a while, you get some of that hate, like, take that shit back to New Orleans, all that shit. Mm. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, people have been accepting of, you know, it's like they got their little thing and they're going to get it in or what have it. For me as a DJ, there's two things that I really got into being here. It's understanding screw music. Mm-hmm. Still don't fully get it, but I, I understand it. Um, and Zydeco, which is pretty much some northern Louisiana shit that people tend to think, oh, you from Louisiana? You from New Orleans? You should... Nah, bro. New Orleans and Louisiana is two different things. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we don't do that. <laughs> Y'all do that. But mm-hmm. I, I understand that stuff a bit more. And, I mean, it opened me up, made me a little bit more rounded. Because even with my blend game, I know how to, I can blend in and out of certain things real, real good. And mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, I pick up, wherever I'm at, I try to pick up something. Mm-hmm. So, that works. Well, have you, like, have you noticed, like, any kind of, like, hybrid forms of, uh, like, of, of a mix between, like, let's say, like, bounce music and some type of, like, slowed down, screwed Houston music coming out of Houston right now? And some people have tried it. It don't quite work. See, what you're dealing <laughs> with... See, bounce music is a dance music. Right. Screw music is more riding and laying low and chilling. And when you try to screw out a bounce song, it just... Uh, it, takes out, it takes out everything from it, you know? Yeah. So, eh, nah, it, it, it don't work. 
Yeah. <laughs> At least they tried, I guess. I do something different. They tried. <laughs> some, pe- some people have tried, man. And um, I guess another thing what I've gotten to do is like I've learned the culture of the MCs, you know, that's here in Houston. And I've learned to respect those a little bit more. You know, your fat pads. Who is fat pad? You know, who is the big pokey? Who's the Carino? And realize, okay, this is what they, you know, this is what they're about, you know? And I'm, I, I like that. It, it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can, I can rock a straight Houston set as well as a straight New Orleans set with no problems, you know? Mm-hmm. How big is uh is Mike Jones when you ride um t- to your DJ set when you rock in Houston? You know when I first got here, the Swisher House thing was really in effect, and it's not so much now. That's pretty much gone. It's the younger cats that is pretty much taking over Houston now. So you know the guys like Mike Jones and the like Paul Wall is still around. I just heard some new stuff from him, and it's pretty dope. I hope it gets out there. Um. Flip Thug, every year he's coming with something. Yeah. Of course, you got your mainstays like Zero. Zero is Zero is a god around here. So, you know, Zero is, he, he's dope. I just heard some new Zero stuff, too. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Now, now, based off of your uh, production style, you seem like, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, New Orleans and Houston and stuff, but you seem like, like a real uh, New York uh, you know, boom bat um, inspired guy too. So are you like, uh, what do you listen to the most? The most, um, I'm, I, you hit it right on the head. I'm a boom bat person. And for the most part, I deal with a lot of classic stuff. You know, it's, it's just my choice of listening to, um, of course, then the newer cats like Kendrick, like the whole TDE. I, I really, really, really enjoy the cats. Uh-huh. Um, Crit. I like Big Crit. You know, my style, things I listen to doesn't necessarily reflect what I play, you know, Mm. or how I produce, because I listen to so much other stuff, and I think I've always been that way, but my production style is mainly, it's a lot of boom bap. It's just what I feel mostly. Mm. Mm. What's like your your favorite era, like, or year in hip-hop to listen to? Um, it depends on the mood. Mainly, my 90s era, I really, really, really enjoy it. But then, you know, there's a, I have a love for like the, I guess the 85 to 89 as well, you know. And yeah. then sometimes I just get in my mood where I'm like, okay, I'm going to rock this Grandmaster Flash and Treacherous 3 all day. Or, and I rock, and I'll be on that for like about a few days or so. It just depends, you know. Mm-hmm. How did the um, music, um, or how did you get your hands on that music? Um, you know, starting out, I guess you know, you know, when it was all first coming out pre-internet. Like, how did it make its way down to New Orleans where you were? Tell you something about New Orleans. What people don't realize is that between between '85 and '89. We had pretty much we had an all hip hop station Y ninety four AM, and you know basically from early in the morning to maybe about eleven or twelve midnight, you know, it's all hip hop, and 
we got a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was broke on our airways because of that, you know, so, you know, it, a lot of, it was a stop point. New Orleans was a stop point. You had to come through New Orleans. So early on, you know, it wasn't uncommon for us to be rocking, say, you know, some LL, some JVC Force or something like that, you know, because, you know, we had a radio station that was playing it. And as well, you know, they was playing LA Dream Team. It was playing, you know, Supersonic and Bobby Jimmy and the Critters and stuff like that. You know, so we got it all. Uh-huh. Yeah, You know, in New Orleans, we, we got a lot of music. And you would think by having the No Limit era, the Cash Money era, you know, that we wouldn't have in that. But you look at a KLC, you know, in the Fresh, in the Many Fresh, you know, them cats was bumping gang stuff. Them cats was bumping Mob Deep real hard. You know, they, you know, they were fans of hip-hop as well. All of us were fans of the music. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so now, you know the, the record stores would stack would stock everything. We always had good had good relationship with the record stores, so you know you, it was always we could get it. You know, then mm-hmm. with the invention of you know you had Rap City, you had Yo MTV, you had the Box. Now you're getting some other stuff, you know. And ah oh, man, we we got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's it. Um, we had Egyptian Lover on the podcast uh, like a few episodes ago, and um, right. I was yeah, and I was curious to know like did um did New Orleans ever have like a kind of like electro scene at all? Um, at one point, yeah, yeah. Um, before the hip hop really really took in, and this was a little bit before my time as well. Um. There's a the, the godfather of New Orleans DJ. His name is Slick Leo. Mm. Um, there's a station, Well 105. Slick Leo had they broadcast live from the famous. The famous was a like a big club or what have it, man. You hear Slick going off on these records, man. Going off. And they also had a you know a television show for a while in the early eighties where they were broadcast from the famous live from the famous, and man, you know you you get that electro stuff as well. You know we we was big on all of that Electric Kingdom, Twilight Twenty Two. You know the Egyptian Lover stuff, like you said. You know yeah we once again we got it all. You know. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. I was wondering um. You know, from then to now, with the transition in technology, um, have you switched over to like Serato and you know digital uh, music production and stuff like that? And how has that affected you? Yes, I have. Um, <clears throat> by me losing so much stuff in Katrina, there was no way to get most of those records back. Uh-huh. So basically, you know, I, I left New Orleans with a few things <clears throat> in my turntables. You know, Serato was pretty much the way to go. And I I embraced it. I frowned upon it at first. And then it's like, you know what? This just makes sense. Yeah. So I, I pretty much, I went into it and I'm, I'm good with it. Serato works for me. That's what's And um, I started, I, and I tried. I tried everything. I tried Reason. I tried Reason. Didn't care for it. Um... 
There's a couple other things out there I tried to get at, and I just wasn't a fan of it. But I got into Ableton, uh-huh. and I just it felt like home. <laughs> and Ableton is cool. I've incorporated Ableton fully into my process. The next thing I'm going to add is I'm about to tackle this machine and really, really get into it and I, I make it a part of my process as well. But my right hand is going to always be my SR10. That's, that's, that's uh-huh. my baby. Mm-hmm. Now, was it like a, a particular producer that made that, um, that, that drew you to get and work with, the a, with an ASR10? I'm sorry, repeat that. Uh, was there like a certain produ- producer or like song or beat that you like? That made you go to the ASR ten? Now, when I first, like I said, I was interning, mm-hmm. and Sean's, he's calling me right now. Okay. Hey, and I'm gonna tell him to add him, mm-hmm. add into the conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, try to get him now. <clears throat> okay. Let me send him another um request. Hold on. Yeah. Now, what I was saying is, um, I was. Basically, I went into Sean's uncle's studio with my group, and the engineer just took to he took to me because we went in, we had everything that we wanted down to a science, but we didn't really know what we was doing. So, man, we did like six songs as far as tracking them out in like a four-hour block, which is pretty much unheard of. But between me and Rod Smooth, which was my partners, you know, we had everything mapped out just that much. We knew exactly what we wanted and how we wanted it to be. So, and it just, he was like, stick around. And they had an um, EPS there, EPS 16 Plus. Yeah. And I, I basically, I really learned on that. And of course, the ASR 10 is basically an upgrade from the 16 Plus. So, I mean, from there, it just worked out, man. <clears throat> I know that. Yo. I a lot. Yo, bruh. I can't. I'm trying to see y'all, man. Oh, it's just uh, it's just audio. <laughs> oh, just audio. Oh, okay. Right. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Gista? Uh, what's going is, on, dude? This is man, AR. what's going on, man? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hold on a second, man. I'm trying to get some volume. Okay. I can hear y'all just a little bit, though. Niff oh. is on, too? Yeah, I'm here. What's up, Black Niff? What's happening, bruh? <laughs> hold on, man. I'm trying to get some. Hold on one second, brother. Hold on. Hold okay. on one second. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. There we go. I got y'all now. Okay. I'm sorry. I got it back fellas? in my head. All right. Um, Brown Beat is actually the instrumental of Derek B's Rock the Beat. Derek B is a cat out of London. Okay. Derek B Rock the Beat. I'm going to take a note of that. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I had to. I, I had a brain fart for a minute. <laughs> but yeah, now we have um, yeah, everybody on the line here. We were just um, we just chopping it up with uh, Niff just about the uh, history of um, you know, music in New Orleans and his process and everything, and I'm right. telling him about how how much you know we enjoyed the project. Uh, Don't shoot the messenger and just everything, and um, we just kind of wanted to. You know, take it back to to I guess how how you developed, um, you know, from coming up into you know how you got into music and how your projects evolved and you know until the product that you have now. 
Wow, that's great, man. Um, well, it started out back, you know, my uncle, he was, he's a big, big musician, you know, down New Orleans. Uh, shout out to Carl Marshall. He's a, he's a living blues legend right now, man. Um, you know, real good friends with Alan Toussaint, man. What's, yeah, I got to say, rest in peace to Alan Toussaint, gotta say, man. Rest in peace to yeah. Alan Toussaint, man. You know, Alan Toussaint was a real good friend of my uncle, you know. I haven't talked to him today. Don't know. I know he heard. So that's pretty crazy. But anyway, you know, it started out, man. We had this studio here in New Orleans, man. My uncle was, you know, on a pretty one of the biggest studios in the city at the time. And, um, shit, man, it, it started out from a summer job pretty much, you know. Yeah. But I always was in the music because, like, even when I was a kid, like, I was seven years old, he, he gave me a beat machine. I used to always mess with this beat machine when he come in town and put it, just put it down and I always mess with it. He never tried to deny me of it or anything. But he liked that, huh? You know, and he gave me that joke eventually, you know what I mean? And you know, I was always into making beats. That was a Yamaha, man. It was oh, like a white okay. and a cream Yamaha. I remember you, because see, Nif, yeah. see, man, the thing is, I got to bring Nif up because he was part of that, that beginning. You know what I'm saying? Nif was there from the beginning. I knew this guy, man, when I was 11 years old. He was at least, what, 13, 14, Nif, something like that? Nah, I was, was a little older. I'm like 15. About 15. When we came in there, I was 15. I was yeah, and I was a kid and though. I, I used my birthday money to set that studio time. That's yeah. So we still yeah. we still pretty young. Hey man, and then you know I started out like that man, and started watching like Niff. We used to have Kevin McCoy around there, Odell. He wound up being part of Beats by the Pound. Hmm. Uh, uh, no Joe, he, he but No Joe came in. He wasn't trying to do beats at the time. He was trying to sing, but he turned out to be a big legendary producer, produced all Scarface records and stuff. Hmm. You know um, who else? Niff, uh, Precise, Precise, um, come up That's over there. Yeah. yeah, full pack. Oh man, so many people. Uh, they did Manny Fresh and them come through there too. I'm not sure. It'd probably been before me. Had they done? I know Jero J was over there for a minute. JMK now. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of cats that was pretty much on that on the, that was doing things in New Orleans before we came up. You know, they right. They went through gifts, man, and that was. That was like a, it was like the learning cave, bro. Yeah, it was like the cornerstone. You know what I mean? We, my uncle had pretty much like a cornerstone down there, man. And Warren Mays got to can't never keep keep out Warren Mays. He's such a pioneer. Rest in peace yeah. to Point Warren Mays, man. Uh, you know he was very very close to my uncle. You know, and man, just watching. I've been around all this stuff, man. Like I said once again, Niff, he was like he was like boy like in my like I could look up to in my age bracket, but he was making the kind of records that I was. That I liked at the time. I was a hip hop head as a kid, so when I hooked up with Niff and Niff would go back, he was like the first like backpack producer that would actually carry old records like twelve inch records like Earth Wind and Fire, Sly and the Family Stone, and the Funky Meters, and all type of these old records. I'm talking about records, Parliament, Funkadelic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and he used to always carry that shit to the studio, and you know. He would make these crazy hip hop beats, man. I used to watch him sample. I learned how to sample from him, man. You know what I'm saying? I learned everything about sampling from this guy right here, man. Because he was the sample. He's still a sample king to me right now. You know what I'm saying? So he always knew what records to go pick from. So all that kind of stuff intrigued me, you know. And then over the years, you know, um, as of my production skills, you know, I always stuck with it. Niff knew I always had an ear, you know what I'm saying? He was always encouraged me. I was making beats right there with him, you know. We started out on the EPS 16. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and um, then we wind up doing to the ASR 10. 
You know what I'm saying? And then I think Niff had them went on and did his thing with Psycho Wars. So I wind up, you know, kind of developing that at the studio and learning my craft, really crafting my beats and stuff like that with my production. And, you know, it just kind of stuck with it, man, and just developed my own identity and sound, you know, and just took a little bit from this and a little bit from that, a little bit from all of this kind of diff this different music that I was around. Just kind of created my own flavor and stuff like that and try to keep it keep it all going, you know, to identify with what's a good track, you know, and what's a good what's a good melody or what's a good method to make this this particular song. You know what I'm saying? How to do it and being inspired by so much good music because right now, man, you know, it's the music business done changed so much, man. To, I don't know where they get the inspiration from, but we had really, we was blessed, especially me and Niff, we was blessed to have real peer music even in a hip-hop form you know what i'm saying we was able to witness that hands-on you know like the chronic that. album i gonna never forget niff had the chronic album first he was the first person i knew that had the chronic album and it was like before the chronic took off he had it on 12 inch mm. I had, yeah i had my vinyl on that and then, man, Dr. Dre has gotten so much money from me, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm gonna say, cause he's a musical like a genius, man, and you know, and, and you know, <laughs> I, I I get it from him, man. I get it. I get a lot of methods when I when I'm a you know I'm in producer form, you know. I got a lot of that from him, you know, and you know it, it's just something that always stuck with me, and I just you know I develop in that area, and as an artist. They always used to be like, you make your beats better than you rap. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not a rap too, nigga. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I'll just be, I just. Just never stop rapping. I always felt like I had something to say. So when I got with Niff on this particular project right here, you know, don't shoot the messenger, man. And it was like a dream come true because I I, I never had, a, had actually had a chance to really work with Niff like that since you know over the years. You know what I mean? So don't forget, I used to be a spitter too. <laughs> and he, and he used to rap, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we all we were hooked up out here in Houston. I wound up selling down out here in Houston as well for a little while. And, um, you know, just been out here and stuff. And then, you know, me and Lil, we finally got together and put this project together, man. And then this is like the first project that I ever rapped on that he that I didn't produce anything. You know what I'm saying? So, Nif, he produced the whole album. And, you know, I say, man, it was just an honor. I was, I was just kind of play student. I play like little brother, big brother, stick him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And do it for the love of that. Just that fact alone that I come up doing this stuff with this guy from the beginning of my journey. I mean, the very beginning. You know but it was saying? also, it was also a situation where, you know, I, I as a producer, you got to listen to, you know, and, and Sean brought a lot of things to the table that just, that enhanced these songs as well, you know, so you know, I, I served as producer, but it was definitely a joint effort, man. It really Absolutely. was a joint effort. But that's what, but that's what, see, but that's for knowing, you know what I mean? That's for knowing good hip hop. Because I don't think a new school rapper, like the new rappers, you know, like the rappers like Future and, and you know, Migos and all these kind of got these different styles right now, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they go hard in their own lane, you know, but that kind of, but it's two different type of hip hops we talking about, you know what I'm saying? 
I think, Damn. you know, true production is gone because now everything is send me the beat, send me the beat. You know, you actually don't have that person in the studio going, that's not right, do this again. How about you freak this like this, you know? That That is gone. That is gone a long time ago in the shows and the music, man. You gotta, somebody has to be in charge, you know? Right. And um, one thing that I was um, saying before you got on the line, uh, Gista, um, I was saying how, like, you know, from your your um, earlier projects, like the uh, Misery to now, um, you know, there's definitely an evolution there. And yeah. um, and uh, he was saying how, you know, he liked to take you out of your comfort zone. But, you know, listening to it, you sound like right in your comfort zone, the way you were, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, floating on some of them tracks. Yeah, man. I, I mean... It all comes, and, and, and keep in mind, like, you know, Niff, he was like, you need to write them, because I, I haven't wrote a rhyme down on records in the last, over the last 10, 12 years, man, to be honest with you. The last album, I think, where I dropped, really dropped the pad and pen and went for it was on the album I did with Lazy Bone, the We Working album. Mm. And, mm. And, it was, and a few of them songs, a few of them songs, like, I had to rap fast like him, like the intro, I, I lyrically killed it, but I didn't write it. I just came off the top of my dome and just rapped it. And the Buddha Lovers record, I, I wrote. I didn't write that one, but I think a lot of them records. I don't. I don't think I wrote one record on that album. To be honest with you, man. Mm. You know, I think I just got up there and went for it. it was, I ain't saying it's all that, but you know, it was. It was cool. It was. It was something. You know, trying to elevate to where I'm at right now because it's like I can't even. I can't even sit down and write a record on paper no more, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like I can't do it. I, I got to do it from the heart. I got to do it from. The vibe of the music, the, them tracks that Niff sent me, man, it, it put me in that zone. It put me like in straight artist form, like. And plus, I had it was a mission that I was on, and it was something I wanted to stress and I wanted to say. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm gonna get you back there, though. Don't, don't don't think you're getting over, sir. Nah, I know. Listen, nah, nah, don't get it wrong, man. Don't get it twisted. I I could write. I could write. I've been writing. I wrote at least the first. Five, six albums I did, I wrote them on paper, you know what I mean? I think. I don't remember, man. But I know all of the mixtapes and up, up right behind the, uh, the the Lazy Bone album and shit, I, I think I, I did, that's when I dropped the pad and pencil. Everything I did from that point on, like even maybe the features, a few features and stuff like that. Like I, that one I did with David Banner, that was the first time I dropped the pad and the pen, and I, I did pretty good on that one. Mm. You know, so it was it was a couple of things that I, I just elevated with that. It's like I like rapping like that. And a lot of niggas do it like the broke bag and brag and boast. But it ain't about that, you know, because they might feel like they're genius. But, you know, I like rapping like that, man. It, it comes off better than me. I, all that stuff is spontaneous thoughts. You know mm. what I'm saying? And, you know, the way the Don't Shoot the Messenger came out. I mean, after I did the first three records and sent it to Niff and Trav, man. It was just like, I was like, oh, bro. You know, I was surprised. You know what I'm saying? I was surprised that it came out that way, man. And um, you know, I knew what I had from there, man. I knew what direction I was going to go, and I knew exactly what else I wanted to say. And I just, you know, just kept following Niff lead with them, them tracks. Mm -hmm. You know, them tracks brought me in so many different directions, especially like it was one. I know Jess made me be like, "Ooh, I'm gonna do this. I'm sizing it up." You know, I pull my rule out, sizing it up. Like, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because it was such a big track, man. But once I got on top of that joke and, and caught a hold to his horns and started riding it, that was the rap. And everything I wanted to say, you know what I'm saying? It just it just came out the way I wanted to say it. And I kind of wanted to get witty with it and keep it gangster. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And keep it hard. So 
without without getting out of you know without going all the way there. So I I think it's perfect, man. But yeah, it was it was an experience, man. It was a it was fun. It was definitely fun. I liked to get the reaction from Niff because I always wait for him to be like, "Look here, dog, that ain't that shit ain't right. You, know, you need to do that over." But he didn't tell me that not once, so I felt like I, I, I accomplished something with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was cool. No, no there was one. Uh, there was one. Love your life. I'm gonna tell you to um, yeah. To come come down off of that because you spit that real hard and first I'm like, nah, bro, I need you to pimp that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but it was cool though. I I was just real excited about it. it was kind of man that track, that man. Oh I, man, that we put in work on that one. That's all yeah. I can like say about that. That was. That was the workhorse of the album. <laughs> yeah, I love you the life. That was a good record, though, man. I knew it would be a hit record. I know it would be. A, it's a potential hit record, yeah. big time. It's one of them type of records that feel good. You don't really hear guys rapping about the ladies like that no more. So I kind of brought that feeling back with that one. And then you know, it just it just feels great. I I, I sang on it. It felt so good. Yeah. I want to sing, girl. You feel so good. You make a mother want to sing. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, it was one of them type of records, man. But, you know, and like I said, once again, man, that was, and, and, Niff, you said when you made that track in 96, 95? 3rd, 1996. Yeah, I know the date mm. and everything. Mm. Now, now, like, now, going to how you guys archive your stuff, I want to talk about file management real quick because, like, G-Stud, like you, 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 like, you mentioned in your Mateo interview that you have about over 60,000 songs on a hard drive. And I'm, yeah. trying to figure, I'm trying to figure out, like, how, like, how, like, rigid is, like, your file management when it comes to both of you guys? Because that's amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I, when I, let, me, let me clarify that up, because I, I read that, too, and I was like, but I don't have, like, I got, like, a lot of music, mm. period. Yeah. That's a, that, that is like my, I got more than that I got like 70,000 73,000 songs on a hard drive from everybody you know that's including mine you know what I'm saying but I personally have man that's a good question bro because I got a lot of albums that I from I got a lot of music out I got if you go to my website I counted I counted at least 10 albums and 2 singles I think if I'm not mistaken you know, um, that's a lot of music, and that's within the last. Well, Misery and World of Sin is up there, so that's my first two, and that was '97 and '98, mm-hmm. going into '99. I have a World of Sin two that I never released, and the album is so dope, y'all. Niff, you ain't even heard this album. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna give you a copy of it next time I see you, man. Hey, this this World of Sin album with me and my homie Casualty, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we did the World of Sin first, the first one, and then catch, they make it bring it bring it back to that, y'all. Uh, you know, to mention those projects, man. I did them songs. I did that album in '97, Misery. I had just graduated from high school, mm-hmm. and I did that album. And then that album was finished. I, I knew I had a I did a song called tell mama everything was gonna be all right mm-hmm. and this song i knew if y'all heard this song man right now you'll feel a certain type of way about the song because it feels so good man and that song i knew for a fact would have put me on a map it would have blew me up back then you know what i'm saying but they didn't really want to put it out i didn't have nobody to put, help me put it out at the time i didn't know nothing about how the how the business was at the time you know 
I didn't know that much about it at all. I just knew how to make music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just before I actually got on top of being, you know, a businessman about it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, man, don't you know that album? I don't know how it got overseas, y'all. I don't know how my music <laughs> got overseas, bro. But when social media started popping up, like MySpace, mm-hmm. people would find me on there and be like, yo, geez, is this really you? <laughs> oh my goodness, man! You're my biggest fan. I'm from Japan, <laughs> and they just started oh, all finding me, man. And it's like imagine, imagine going to the Justice League site, and you going through the forums, yeah, and they go, "This is the one album from New Orleans you gotta listen to." And you look up, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's my album. That's Cycle Water, <laughs> right?" And I'm like, right. "Whoa!" And to, to hear everybody fawning over it, I'm like. Dang, y'all really like this? I'm right there. Yeah, bro, it's crazy, man. Look, check this out. And, uh, like, this, it got so crazy, y'all. I'm telling you, if y'all go to YouTube and just put G-Stan in, in the search box, mm-hmm. you're going to see a couple things that we personally did ourselves. But a lot of my first, like, if you see anything from my first album, I did not post that up there, man. It was fans from all across the world. I posted it up, man. You know, they even had an argument about my first album on, on the comment section of one song. I tripped out. <laughs> they were trying to be like, his name ain't Misery. His name Jista. And then, 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 no, it's not. You're a fucking buster. You, you always... And, you know, you could tell they, they arguing with each other. And I'm like, damn, tripping out. So Trav got on there and tried to make, set the record straight with him. And then it was like, yo, Jista, it's good to hear from the horse's mouth, man. da 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 you know, so it was it was crazy, man. But it's it's been kind of like it's awesome to know that people really like what you do, man. That feeling is no feeling in the world is better than that. That especially like a musical aspect, because it takes so much out of us to do this stuff. But like you know, it 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 gets it gets done. It's like we do it to the perfection of this is the best thing we know how to do mm-hmm. in our life. It's how to create how to make music like this. You know what I'm saying and. I'm I'm just I, I'm just blessed, man. Taking it back to the file management, bro. Um, I got boxes of disc, floppy disk, and mm. zips and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there is virtually no file management. So I, just, <laughs> I pull them up and like, um, okay, let me go through some of this. Some of them are, you know, they chronic, they named quite well, and some of them, they, they nothing on it. It's like, okay. I'm about to find something to surprise myself. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, I used to do that to keep me on my toes. I'll just, I got discs, just stuff that I chopped up, and I'll come back to those chops later and say, oh, okay, okay, I can rock with this, you know? And it just, it, it works sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to have, little, we used to keep up with it with that tapes and stuff like that back in the day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And kind of try to take them and burn them on the CD and stuff like that. So we just pretty much keep everything on the hard drives nowadays. You know, that's how yeah, we you keep been, up with it. It's, it's a lot easier to keep up with with all the, all yeah, the new stuff. Yeah. The new stuff is set up now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the way everything, yeah. like the new MPC, the Renaissance, and the, and the machine, and all of that kind of stuff. And you can save the mix and all that kind of stuff. We come from an era where you had to have a sheet paper and write down where you got the levels everything. at. Everything. You write see what I'm saying? Levels, write down everything, man. Yeah, everybody, mixing, everybody mixing together. Okay, drop them right here. And everybody got to hit it on time. <laughs> <laughs> no automation. 
No automation. Mm. No automation at all, bro. <clears throat> but yeah, that's how we file manage, though, pretty much, bro, to answer your question. What? You no. It's, it's pretty easy now, man. They got all this technology. You got your good Mac and all this kind of stuff. You'll be all right. That's what's up. Yeah, so, you know, both of you um, seem like uh, pretty uh, technical um, guys when it comes to the music as well. And um, uh, Nick, he was talking about um, he wanted to get on the machine, and uh, he uses Ableton now. So um, I was wondering what type of um, what type of equipment and what type of things are you into, uh, Gista? <laughs> I use a, I use the Kronos X, and I use the MPC Renaissance. Mm. I use Korg and Akai equipment, man. I, I actually <laughs> dumped to a, a Roland twenty four eighty. I got endorsements. <laughs> yeah, I do. I got that little situation with Korg, man. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I gave Chrono Text back two years ago. Yeah, I did a. I got, actually, I got a whole video for them. I did like a demonstration with the Korg, the Chronos X. You know, so they, you know, they got behind in and stuff. But yeah, they sent me that board in 2013, I think, man. It's 88 key. It's dope. It was me and Nilfans messing with it the other night, man. I think that boy got some sounds that'll knock his socks off, man. Real talk. Mm-hmm. That's the so, way the keys hurt your fingers if you ain't used to playing. <laughs> yeah, man. Them boys, that's serious. And then um, you got that. I use the Renaissance. They've got the machine. I got a machine at the studio, too. I don't ever use it, though. I put everything in the Renaissance. I'm a MPC guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Just wait. I'm gonna change your perspective on that. Just watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm, hey, 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 guess what? I'm not saying that I want to learn how to use the machine. I just ain't never really sat down and, you know... <laughs> You know, but you know, me playing with that Renaissance, with. me playing with that Renaissance the other night, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer beast, now. Boy. I'm a believer now. Mm-hmm. See, I'm yeah, that Renaissance is true. I was still using the 2000. I'm still using the 2000, the classic one. But yeah, that, I still got the, you know, I got the 2000 XL sitting under the under the keyboard. I still got the XL too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the. I haven't turned it on in a few months <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> But it's there. It's right there, man. I got all that stuff, man. The stuff is sitting all across the room, man. You know, it's just that, you know, it, we, we, me and Niff could be, me and Niff trying to be studio rats again, man. So we trying to yeah, lay back there and get them to bring out their budget to us and let us lay back there and make a lot of magic for them. Because I think right now, between the sound that I have and Niff's sound, mm-hmm. you put them two sounds together on one project, man, it's going to be shh. It's going to be incredible, man. It's going to be incredible. I'm talking to Lazy Bone right now about doing another album with him. Mm-hmm. We're about to do this tour dates now in another week or so. And um, and uh, we about to, we about to, I'm talking to Lazy right now about, he want me to finish producing this album, but I'm going to pull Niff in on, on the one that we're doing together mm-hmm. and get that different flavor, man, and really put that production out there, do something like, you know, especially with Lay trying to do too. So we just actually been talking about it back and forth because he's gonna be on my solo album. He's gonna be on a classic status album on this joint called Gorilla. He actually recorded the verse. He just ain't sent it to me yet because okay. he's been on the road. But we'll be all gonna be together in another week or so. But that 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 joint right there is gonna be sick because that motherfucker is hard, man. Mm-hmm. And by him rapping, you know, then I'm on his joint too. Me, him, and Dizzy Wright. Y'all know Dizzy Wright, huh? Uh yeah, yeah. He's from um. Where's he from? He's in Vegas. Vegas? Okay, yeah. He yeah. fooled with, uh, with Funk Volume, with Hospin and them. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, I see his uh, name all the time. And um, I heard a couple of dude, records. That's my little dude, man. Yeah. That's like, my little, that's like my, little, my little cousin, man. We raised him, man. Mm. Me and Lazy raised him. He, we got him 
I got a song with me, him, and Dizzy on Lazy album called The Ballad of a Real MC. And it's dope. It's dope as fuck, too. Look, I got to give you the album, too, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I forgot all about giving, I forgot all about playing that for you, bro. There's so many songs we got out there, man. You know? So coming from your, um, your first two projects and not really knowing too much about the game, it seems like, you know, as time has progressed, you've, um, you've you know, become more business-minded and you have Soul Stimulus and you have a lot of projects out and it seems like yeah. you're developing those, those are connections with people like Lazy Bone and Dizzy Wright and everything like that. So, um, you know, what was your learning process like, um, you know, from your first albums up until, you know, you know, dropping your projects up until now? Well, um, first of all, that you got to get out there. And, and at the time, it was a little different. I mean, if I had to do it all over again, I don't know if I would because I kind of ran into some things in that business that kind of made me go, Ugh, you know what I'm saying? Trying to turn me off. But um, back then, you know, I was more ambitious. I, I wanted it. I wanted to be the G star. I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be number one. You know what I'm saying? I, I played the game like that, you know? And I learned, like, um, when you play the game like that, man, you intimidate a lot of people along the way. And sometimes that can hurt you in a lot of senses. You know what I mean? Sometimes it can help you. Most times it can help you. Sometimes it can hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to you don't want to be scaring nobody. You don't want to be at odds with nobody but competition is competition and if some people just got it and if you got it you just got it you know what I'm saying tell you and, huh I'll tell you something my daddy told me when I really when I was really starting to get serious about doing this you know my pops gave me he said me and a couple of my partners now and he's like in this game of music no matter how you look at it Somebody's gonna get screwed. There's no way around it. You're gonna get screwed. Yeah. Now, it's a matter of you're gonna come out of that with a smile on your face or with that uh look because you just got jerked. So, you know, you it's up to you to make the best of it. You wanna come out there with with a smiling as much as possible. That's right. That's right. That's the thing I had to learn hands on too. I had yeah. to learn it, and, and then at the same, because at the same time, you know, we know what we worth. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes in this business, you got to lay back there, like especially like you know. I remember when we was getting paid. We do a track. I remember the most I made the track was twenty five hundred dollars right on the spot. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I made that track in like fifteen minutes, and them, they went for it and they loved it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's not like that no more, man. They got people selling tracks on the computer for a hundred dollars, man. You know the whole production. Twenty five dollars, dog. Twenty five dollars, man. And that makes it like wow. You know what I mean? And you know, there's a lot of things that changed from what it was from from what it how it was back then to now. And I mean, they make me feel. They make me sound so old. So I had to get out and get out there and pretty much like. This opportunity with Master P didn't work out because, you know, La Papa, he went. And me and La Papa, we still close, like, brothers to this day. You know, y'all heard of La Papa, right? He was, he was, he actually with No Limit right now, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I know the yeah. name. Yeah, that's my little homie, man. Mm. La Papa, you know, I've been working with Papa forever, man, for years. And, um, he went over there to No Limit and P signed him. You know, they had Power on the Source magazine and everything. I was, that was a happy moment, man. 
but it, you know, I didn't go. I, I laid back there and got some CDs and went out the trunk with them, you know, and started making my impact into the streets like that. So I took the long way. And I just never was one of them type of person. I always had the ambitions and I always had the talent and the know and the know how and the accessibility to do what I do, mm. but I never mm. had the shot. Mm. You know what so I'm saying? We, like the the big shot. Mm. So I had to always like, try to create my own shot, and that's what I've done. That's what well, that's what Psycho War. You know, we took that chance because at the time, you know, nobody in New Orleans was trying to do what we were doing, mm. and they're like, you know, y'all. Y'all, y'all talented, but I don't know what to do with y'all, you know? There ain't no way I can really do anything with that. Like, okay, let me show you what we're going to do with it. You know, we tried to push through as much as we could, you know, and even once we got to the point where we was all set to go, you know, the gatekeepers were still like, y'all still too radical for us, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, we, we can't take that chance. We can't take that risk, but, you know... Still, everybody acknowledged what we did, you know. Right. They did the um, New Orleans, like the hip-hop honors or what have you. You know, I I got mine in the inaugural class. I got mine before Fresh got here, you know, before Sykes got here, before KLC got here. Mm. Right. That's a testament to what we did, you know. Kind of laying the groundwork for the, um, you know, the uh, New Orleans hip-hop that kind of came after you. Yeah, and those are cats that's been around before me, you know, they influence what I do mm. and I I got my acknowledgement before them. I'm like, think that about something. You know, that was <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Wild <laughs> and then yeah, um, I, I I think I think once once, you know, when you get out there, man, and you start getting around people, you know, and it was and I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I, I asked myself, you know, how was I able to actually you know, get into the situations that I've been experienced in this business uh-huh. and on a major scale. And I honestly have to say, God really must have his hands in my career because it's only by the grace of him that I build these relationships with these type of people. And they know me and they respect me for what I've done and what I do. You see what I'm saying? It's like they look like when you got a Grammy Award when the artist coming, you be like, hey, man, I'm about to send you this song, bro. I, don't, I ain't never sent it to nobody, but you the first person I let hit. I need you to tell me what you think about this, honestly. Mm. That means something to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they, like, really, they value my opinion. And they didn't did it before, you know, because they know one thing. Like, and I can if, you know, when, you know, the, the, when, you know, the thing about it is we like we a perfectionist. Me and Niff is like that. I know Niff yeah. is definitely like that. I get it from him. You know what I'm saying? But even with them cats, and it seemed like when I was hard, like even when I work with Noble like that, I work with Lazy like that. I would have Lazy to stop. I would stop Lazy in the middle of a verse. Lay, say that shit better than that, dog. Mm. Say that shit like this. That nigga look at me and be like, all right. And put it on, and he'd go for it. And then when he'd step back and listen to it, he'd be like, Psh, boy, you go, oh, boy. It takes a certain, amount, it's a certain amount of balls to really get with some people and tell them, hey, this ain't right. And I give you a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Working in the studio by um, his uncle. You know, his uncle would put me in some crazy situations, man, between him <laughs> and Kevin. And like, it, almost like it was a test. 
and we was doing some horn parts with these established musicians. And mm. I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, that's not right, bro. And they're like, what? How does little, little y'all still gonna tell me? No, that's not right. Go back and listen to it. Sure enough, that wasn't right, you know? Mm. And to, to be able to do that with guys that you know can play circles around you and have more experience, but still, I got the balls enough to say that hey, you're not doing this right. And not only do I have the balls enough to say it, to, for it to actually be true, you know? Right. That, that's, that's, that's part of it. You got yeah, to know when to, when to step up. And when you got it, you got it. Like I said once again, when you just have it, you just have it. You cannot, nobody cannot take that away from you, man. Nobody can take our vibe away from us, man. Nobody. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how big they is, how small they is, how amateur they is, how professional they is. It don't matter because our vibe is our vibe. Our vibe, if they're compatible, it's compatible. It's going to spark a bigger light. You know what I mean? A bigger vibe. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell y'all, the person I really, really write, I really caught a good vibe with in the studio. And, like, I helped him. Like, he was recording a verse or two. And he listened to me. He, like, kind of looked to me, like, for the vibe, for the go-to, for the go-to, like. In other words, like, well, we'll go to here. Crazy Bone. Uh As talented as Crazy Bone is, man. Crazy Bone. I was in the studio. We was in Phoenix, Arizona, man. And we was recording, I forgot, he was doing, we was doing that Strength and Loyalty album. This was in 06. And we was out there fucking with uh, Swiss Beats and them. And um, he was out there and he was in the studio by Salt Mine and he was recording his verse. And, and, you know, and I was listening to him. I was just standing behind the board and watching him rapping. And then when he stopped it, I said, Craig, I told him, you know, man, look, do it. He listened to me and like, stopped it again. I'm like, like this? And I'm like, yeah, like that. And he just went for it. And he just was beamed in. We just kind of bounced off each other with the energy and stuff like that. And even me and Lazy got a crazy good vibe, too. You know what I'm saying? He just, like, Lazy just, like, he, like, jump up and go get it. You feel me? He, he's a workaholic. I learned how to do a body of work in a little short of time fooling with Lazy. Not working on an album for the whole six months. Nah. You you know, I, I learned how to do an album in probably a week or two. If we in the studio all that time, if that's all we got to do, we can finish the album in a week. How how long did uh, Don't Shoot the Messenger take? I think I think I finished the album in two weeks, two, three weeks, and that was only because I was in and out on it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I had some other stuff going on. But it was like two, three weeks when I finished all the vocals in there. I, I wanted to and finish it. Time. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, we took some time off from other things and then... Like, I was moving around DJing and stuff, and then there was some other things happened. So, you know, it was right. like a while. It was like a while. It's like, okay, we got this. We got this. All right, we need to get back in and do this. So it didn't take long at all. And the, Actually, we took a break of, before we mixed it. Right. We took a nice The vocals break. was done. And, like, I'm a... I will take forever on a snare drum. You know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I'm that much of a perfectionist. So working fast, you're not going to rush me. It's ready when I say it's ready. You know? mm-hmm. and, and that's something that I'm actually learning from Sean. Like, okay, yeah, step this up a little bit. Don't, you know, it, it'll be cool. I promise you, it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But I'm, and I have a habit of mixing as I go along as well. Mm-hmm. So then, when it comes time to final mix, 
I don't have too too much to do, or I can do something else with it. So right. uh, you know, those things those things make things a little bit longer for me. So, well, I mean, Niff, you good? You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 know you you could do it that way, man. I, mean, I do it that way too, cause I just the only thing I do is I record the records first. I try to get them all recorded, and then I go back into I, I put my mind into mix down because everything's in the mix. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you mix the like record down night, right, you know. Yeah, Sunday night we was together. Sean was letting me hear something, and while you know while we talking and going through it, I'm actually sitting there mixing <laughs> what he fooling with. He like, bro, you ain't gonna leave nothing for me to do. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna yeah. get this straight. I'm gonna make it sound right, you know. Before before I leave away from it, it's gonna sound good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on top, and that's what we do, man. You know, so it's better. It's way better now. Um, you know that we got back together, and you know I got somebody I could really, because I was you know out here. I don't really. I'm not. I don't. I know a lot of people out here in Houston, but I don't really get out like I like I used to out here no more, man. For my own personal reasons, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't really fool with too many cats like doing the music out here like that. No more like that. The, you know what I'm saying? I'm the same way. It's like I'm out. I'm always out DJing. Like I, I DJ a lot, but right. For doing music with cats, you know, like in the studio and everybody's studio. I ain't, I ain't did that in a long yeah. time, man. Yeah, you know? and then I do so much at home, and I'm not taking everybody around my family. It's a certain amount right. of people right. that close to me, you know. Right, and the same thing with me, you know. My studio is over there by Trav Crib. We got this nice little area in his crib, you know. So I left it over there for his crib until I, you know, get ready to go ahead and set back up where I want to do it at because I really wasn't led to really set up a spot out here um, to do anything, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, so anyway, I, I lay back there and we don't really let, we, we have a secluded few that come by. You know what I'm saying? And that's it, you know, because everybody can't, I don't, I protect that man's crib and his family much as, you know, as anything, you know what I'm saying? Because first of all, you know, we got this over here by his spot and, and you know, and this, and this, this man being a hell of a gentleman and a hell of a, a friend opening his doors, you know what I'm saying? And do that like that coming out of his house. So, you know, you got to show love and appreciation. A lot of people would disrespect that. And take advantage of stuff like that. You know, that's what's wrong with the world. But right. if you got a blessing, you know what I mean? If you got blessed people around you, like, I'm really happy with my, like, I got Niff and Trav. If I have to leave here, those two and my family will only be out, all the ones I'd be concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, to stay in touch and try to bring where I'm at. Because that's, that's just what we got. I, I think what it is, you know, I came in Houston. I was running so heavy in the industry at the time, doing the stuff I was doing. I didn't have none of my business together, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when I got to Houston and slowed down, my whole objective was to get my whole thing was to just kind of slow down and get all my business together and get my brand together and stuff like that. And God put Travis in my path. You know what I mean? Back me and Travis hooked up in with 2010. And we've been running ever since, man. And this guy is incredible, talented, super crazy talented, man. And, um, you know, got back with Niff, got pulled Niff back in the circle. Like, look, Niff, this is what we doing. And it's, it's a beautiful setup, man. We got a crazy, crazy vibe with us three. Like, Don't Shoot the Messenger was a groundbreaking vibe we all had. We collectively did our parts on that project yeah. from the beginning to the end. You know what I'm saying? And, um, 
And that's I'm, the I'm thing. very, we, very, very proud. I'm proud of it, man. I'm proud of the whole process. To be honest, so we can rally around each other and say, "Okay, we gonna we gonna get this done," and we can we can get on the same page real quick. And right. That, that's you need to, you need to be able to do that, you know, and that's that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing about that project and like how you were saying about how you um how you kind of get things done quickly, like in a week or two, is like um, I think that lets you catch a certain vibe throughout a whole project to where it's consistent. And that's one thing that I you know liked about it is that it's very cohesive. Um, and Thank then, you, man. You, you know, it's really serious too. It's like you know I like how you guys laid the tracks out because you know one through six and then martial law, you know that's like real serious. And then right. you break it, and then like you break it down with la la la, and then uh, love you to life. And it's like right. you know, that's exactly. a mellow type of thing. And then and you bring it back. I, Niff that's did that. That's, that. I point the finger at Niff for that because that's what he said. That's what he did. Mm. He did that. He purposely said that. Just the exact words you just said. How you described it, how you broke it down, mm-hmm. it's the exact way he he visualized it, he envisioned it. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted I wanted to come out with a blast. I wanted everything to hit real real hard. But then I also know, okay, we need that quote unquote that flavor flavor moment. You know that that time to chill, that time mm-hmm. to laugh, to play around a little bit. You know because you don't want to be too preachy, but we still had a message. You know, right, so, right. Got that message out, and then it's like, okay, let's relax a little bit. You know, we'll go holler at these women. These women are beautiful, man. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, right. Come on, roll your one. Now, after you did that, then now we can get out of here. We got a few more things to say, and we can get up out of here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly. What I look and that record, uh, we know, they know, they know, but they know. That that got a message in it. I, 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 you know, sometimes, like I said, man, you know, I was so caught up in the vibe, in the moment of everything, mm-hmm. in the process of it, till it just spewed out of me. Like I was telling Nif to do the process of doing it. Nif, the shit's just oozing out of me, man. Everything just <laughs> oozing out of me. It's flowing. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I'm keyed in, and you know, everything came out, and it just, like I said, once again. I had to go back and listen to what I said and how I said it, and then you'd be like, damn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, so and I, I tell him that, like, um, the title track, Don't Shoot the Messenger, is one of my favorites, and I had to catch him. I was like, dude, do you realize what you're what you saying on here? Uh, yeah, are you man. Paying, are you paying attention to what you are actually saying? I mean, yes, you... I mean, as a, as a writer, you pay, you got it, yeah, but... You don't realize how much you are touching other people sometimes. And I'm like, man, you you putting some stuff out here, bro. Yeah, yeah. And it came up like that. That was, that was one of the first ones I did. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first ones I did. Matter of fact, that was the first one I did. First one. Don't Shoot the Messenger. Mm. That was the first record I recorded for Outside of uh, uh, a Black Nivison record. You know, the mm. DJ Black Nivison record I dedicated to Ooh, that one. You know, I did that one. I did that one last year. You know what I'm saying? I did that one last year. I did that record a long time ago. Yeah, you know? That one there. That one there. He had me crying like a little girl, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was a good record. Somebody, to my one of my homies from New York, told me they really liked that record, man. Yeah, man, I that, talked to him yesterday. So, it, it just hit everything on the head, man. And I'm like, wow. 
And it, it was touching to me because I'm like, well, first of all, I'm still living, you know? And I got right. a tribute song while I'm still here. And then just going back down memory lane with a lot of these things, it's like, oh, man. That was another record, man. That was another record. I just closed my eyes and went for it, bro. I think that song is the definition of, uh, you know, give somebody the flowers where they can still smell them. Yeah, on top. On top. I wanted to make one of them type of, and then, like like I said, that record was going to go on my album, on mm. the Classic Status album. You know what I'm saying? Um, before we came, this this record came about way before we even thought about them. Started, oh, yeah, yeah. Way before. Way before, like I said, I think I recorded Black Nificent last year, maybe yeah. around this time last year. To be honest with you, man, or something. Actually, like that. you're right. Actually, you're right. You know, so I, yeah, I came up with that record, and you know, I was feeling that track. You know, I always tell everybody the story how that song came about because I, I talked to him one night, and I was like, "Man, send me some, send me some tracks, man." You know, when I'm putting this album together, and I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm wide open right now send me something so he sent me that send me i think he sent me that track and about a few other more but that track caught me and i was thinking about writing about this girl who was lost and turned out and you know whatever whatever and you know just wild out you know and then something else hit me then i was like i listened to it some more and i said you know what I'm gonna rap about him. I'm gonna rap mm. about Diff, man. I'm gonna <laughs> give him his props. You heard me? I'm gonna show him some love on this track here, man. I'm gonna bring him back. Mm. And, you know, I, that's what I stuck with. I started thinking about it and, like, hell yeah. And then went to the studio and laid it down, man. I don't know if I told you about it, Diff, before I did it, or I think I sent it to you. And I don't know. I think you knew about it before I sent it to you, man. You know? Yeah, you you said it, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was, that was like that's how you was. So you know, we um, I I did the record, and I sent it to him, man. And I didn't hear for right back from him. I was like, you all right, man? <laughs> man. <laughs> no, I'm not all right. What you say, bro? <laughs> hey, man, that's all right, bro. But that's a that's a beautiful record. I just and then when I put it on this album, I said because every every great album. They salute their DJ on a song. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like Peter Piper picking peppers. That was a that was about Jam Master J. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, so everybody should always applaud their DJ on their records. You know what I'm saying? Especially since this is a collaboration with him. You know, I just wanted to make sure that it, it definitely fit. And um I thought I was gonna put it up ahead of uh, I thought I was gonna put it up further into the album. I thought I was gonna I thought it was gonna be within the first five on the cool. Mm. But I still want to shoot a video for it. I think I think y'all should do that. Um, who are your um uh, some of your influences when it comes to uh, uh, uh lyricism? Right now, from back in the day, or right now? Um, I guess or from just overall. Yeah, overall. Oh wow! 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 Of course, Pac. Mm-hmm. I don't think it gets any better than Pac for his writer. You know, Cube, actually Cube, mm. and, and I always, <laughs> Cube, you know, Cube always going to be the good writer, and he was always going to be able to write a movie, and he wrote the, he part of the biggest movie ever made from a black act, a uh, black director in yeah. history, you know what I'm saying, mm. the NWA story, 
you know? Man, I, I used to call this dude Spice Cube. <laughs> yeah, I was Ice Cube and Spice One stand coming up, man. Don't don't judge me, man. Which um, which uh, Ice Cube album? That certificate. Okay, that's mine too. <laughs> that certificate. That I was hooked once. I was hooked on America's Most Wanted and Kill That Will. But mm. that certificate, shit. That was the rap. That's, 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 that's when I met Niff around that time when it came out. I think it was out already. Mm. Yeah. That certificate, it, it was a perfect album, man. And to have the perfect diss song on that album, and as much, I'm a, I'm an NWA stan. Like, really. Like, really. Yeah, me too. All I can, me too. All me I too. can say after hearing No Vaseline was, yeah, he got him. Ooh, he got him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you tell a whole, and I was in full MC mode back then, too. So, I was like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, this is how I, this is how you battle rap. This is it right here. Mm. This is but this see, is your ABC. I'm gonna tell y'all something though. Back then, even when Cube dropped that death certificate, mm. it was hard. See, this is what I'm talking about, yo. We was at the, the prime. Me and Niff had a chance, and you, you guys too, because I know y'all was around. Man, we all witnessed the greatest, greatest moments of hip hop music ever, bruh. Because guess what album they had in the wing that came right behind Death Certificate, or maybe before? Niggas for Life, man. That album was a classic, man. Before, you can't before. tell me Niggas for Life wasn't a classic. Yeah, why do you when call yourself that, a nigga, you ask me? <laughs> yeah. hey, bruh, when, I, when I heard that album, that, I was that, like... People, people say the chronic, ooh. people talk about the chronic, but that album that was, to me is production-wise is better than the chronic. That is how yeah, you lead into next level of a production. Yeah, bro. That that album is serious production wise, man. Yeah, that, yeah, that album that was sick, man. <laughs> so when that album came out, like Q, woo, they, we got a we got us a battle on our hand, man. We got us a heavy we got us a heavyweight battle right here because it was, you know what I'm saying? You know, Scoop was gonna come, Easy was gonna come, Dread them, you know, group of what if? Because if you think about it. What became Niggas for Life really should have been Ice Cube's solo album. Think about Ooh, that. Just listen thinking to, about that. And Cube and that prime? To the chronic, when you listen to The Chronic, The Chronic should have been DOC's second album. Think about Ooh, that. Ooh, that. Oh my God. That, that is crazy. Perspective. <laughs> yeah, man. Say, bro, you ain't lying, Niff. Just the thought of that is just breathtaking right now, man. Say, yeah. bro, that's crazy, man. Niggas for Life was supposed to be an Ice Cube solo album with those tracks? It really would have been Ice Cube's solo album. Think about yeah. that, because they was really trying to do an Ice Cube solo album. You know? Yeah, he wasn't having then then you had, and, then, and then you had the uh, Compton Most Wanted, and then you had MC8 in them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Can't leave them. Know, I mean... DJ yeah, Quick, can't be none of them out yeah, of the West Coast was yeah, popping. Yeah. West Coast was popping. You know, that wasn't none of Ruthless workings. We talking about Ruthless workings, though, man. That was... A lot of that branched <laughs> off from Ruthless, man. A lot of it did, you know. We, yeah, we had some... We grew up in a really, really great point of Yeah, Eight had been around for a while, bro. Um, you know, a lot of them cats had been around for a while. King T, you know, all them cats is out of, the, out of Uncle Jam's army and stuff, so... Mm. You know, 
but they all ran in the same circles. You know, right. DJ Poon, DJ Poon and Dr. Dre have been running in the same circles forever, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, go back, and, go back and listen to EZ album. You know, yo, Dre, where the damn drum machine? I left him off with Poo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey man, they got a lot of. We grew up in the finest era of hip hop, man. I think and see, but this was, message of tape, man. Um, you know, with those type of tracks, you had to come yeah. like that. You had to come like from a, a a real hip hop standpoint of view, not old school. I wouldn't necessarily call it old school. You know, some people some people say some people referred it to being old school hip hop, but it, they they got it misinterpreted. I think it's real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. telling them about Y94, bro, back in the day. To who? Y94, AM94, all hip hop back in the day. Before, yeah, man. before these 24 hour rap stations, we had it. Yeah, yeah, we had it, bro. Mm. bro that was, David D was on that, right? Oh, that was no, before David, David D. David D was on Q93. David D was a Q. Before that, and before, yeah. before they went full. Full blown all hip hop. They would have at eight o'clock at night the rap power hour. You know, and they would be bumping like Biz Marquis and Shantae and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You sure is right. Sure is right. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit older than you are. You know, damn. But I was on it though. I was on it though. I know what you're talking about. I remember that. I remember that. I, I'm turning forty next year, so I, I mean, I'm embracing my age. I'm good with it. <laughs> I mean, congratulations, you made it this far. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm still a youngster, man. I'm getting up there too, though. Shit. Uh, hey, we all are. <laughs> yeah, we all are, man. That's right, bro. You know, but it's all good, man. I, I, I'm um, I'm I'm feeling the love that we're getting for this tape though right now, man. And- it, it, like it's good to talk to people who um who are just generally uh excited about the music like you guys just sound so excited and happy you know especially you know with this final product and it's um it, it's real good to hear you guys talk like that um absolutely you know, you know it's, it, it, it it's very refreshing and like you know the project to me it definitely catches a vibe like even um you know, from the production standpoint to you actually talking about things on there, but still flipping the flow. Like, the flow doesn't sound outdated or old school at all. And then, right. you know, even down to, like, the spoken word, it kind of took me back to, um, you know, like how the Roots used to have on their albums and stuff like that. Yeah. So, right, uh, and right. it all kind of fit and kind of just reminded me of a time, but it's still kind of um, updated as well. And, right. uh, you know, it's interesting how you say, you know, you didn't really put the pad to the pen. You just... You, you just let it all come out, and um, right. I guess like one of my favorite joints is um it was a uh, right message wrong messenger. Messenger, you like it's, that joint, man? Yeah, the way the hook was, it was just real clever and creative. Like um, I like that song too. Like, like the the that's my favorite it. song on the album, and I want to we going to shoot a video for it. Okay, that's and look how the video favorite. gonna be. I'm gonna give you the video right now. We're going to shoot the video like, y'all remember, y'all remember Belly, right? Mm-hmm. And how DMX mm-hmm. was going to kill the messenger at the end of the movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's how this video is going to be set up. I'm already, my little homie Pop, matter of fact, little Popeye, he be shooting videos. He said, man, I want to shoot that video, Paul. I want to shoot that video, man. That video going to be hot. So I, and we got Trav and we got George. We got all the cameras, man. We're going to get it done. We're going to get it done. 
That video mm. gonna be crazy. That's what's up, man. That's and that's also isn't that like a like like a like a similar ti- a similar title to the one that, that that you were thinking about Nif ori- originally for these beats that you were working on for like a particular instrumental album too. Man, I started. I'm, I'm notorious for this, okay. And like <laughs> one of my homies, one of my homies would joke about it. He's like, bro, we'll get we'll get a solo album from you when when Dre drop his or when D'Angelo drop his. <laughs> and, and that was funny because I had actually because every time I would think to do an album because like I said I'm I used to rap too every, every time I get these beats together yada 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 I ended up I end up giving them to somebody mm-hmm. and I got to the point I'm like okay I need to I, I really need to do it and I've been working on the concept of was this killer messenger um, since. Probably since about ninety eight, ninety nine, you know, and I started and stop it, started and stop it, and I just decided, well, you know what, I'm gonna just make this an instrumental album. Fine. So I started gathering all these beats. I started saying, I'm gonna go through my archives. I'll probably do one or two new ones, but I'm gonna mainly just make it an instrumental, instrumental album, you know. Right. Message would be the music itself. Fine. So after you know, Shaw did the Black Nipperson cut and. We cool, and he started talking to me, and he's like, bruh, he's like, you know, I, I really have this idea, you know, for like a right message, wrong messenger, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, no, wait, wait, you know, and it just hit me, and I'm like, because I never told him anything what I was doing with that, and I'm like, it just hits right up where I was going, and I'm like, oh, man, this is meant to be, this is really meant to be. So once again, I scrapped that damn album. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but I'm I'm so happy I scrapped that album. So <laughs> we good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It was dope, man. It was like, wow. I we sent me the tracks, man. I, I I got on the road and rode to New Orleans, man. And shit, I popped them tracks in, boy. The first track I heard was the. Uh, the intro track. I got hype. I was like, man, I started jumping up and down in my seat when I was on I-10, man. Riding down the highway like, yeah. You know, start freestyling to him and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, that bitch raw. And then I heard the Don't Shoot the Messenger track, the boom, 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 boom. It was just a groove to me. I'm, that really caught me because all I kept hearing was, Don't Shoot the Messenger. And I kind of composed that one in my head the way I kind of spit it, but you know it just came off, man. It came off when I got in front of it and back back out here, got to the studio, sat in front of it, was able to do it. Then that right message, wrong messenger. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know where that one come from. I know it was in three. I know it was within the three records I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first three that I did, cause I, well, it was just don't shoot the messenger and right message wrong messenger. Man, those, those the first three I did out of all of them. When he did um, just though, just was like a game changer, man. Yeah, just. There's an origin to the track for that. You know, I did that track in a hotel room right after Katrina hit. So mm-hmm. uh, everything is going crazy in this aftermath. You know, my, my oldest son at the time was what? When Katrina hit, he was five months. Mm. So he's talking like a six, seven-month-old toddler. And I'm sitting here in this hotel room, and I'm watching, I'm watching him 
my wife and my wife's sister sleep, right? And it just, I just started just banging, just, just grabbing the MP because I had, you know, I, I grabbed what I could. And I had my MP and I just started just, just hammering it out. And that all, all my emotion that I was feeling at that time is in that beat, you know? Mm. And what Sean did with that, he took that to a whole different, it's, it's a different level, but it's the same emotion, you know? Mm. And I, I, like I said, that song, that's one of my favorites, man. That is one of my favorites. I love what he did with that. Man, I did that just, I was like, Psh, it's going down now. Because I felt like that was a big record. If that record didn't come out right, then, you know, it was going to set the tone for everything else, the direction of how I was going to feel about it. But once I did just, and I did both of them verses, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, uh, it's on, huh? Yeah, uh, you were floating on that track. <laughs> yeah, that track dope, man. I never rapped like that on the track before, ever. I never rapped on a track like that at all, ever in my career. None of it. But it was definitely different, and it came off, it came off man, you know? And especially when I got the response from Trav and Niff, mm -hmm. and they was like, yo... <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Yo, Dude, bro, really? What? <laughs> it was like, okay. And then <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm on something. I, I got, I felt like once I got those records out the way, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna find out my direction because I already had all the tracks. The only one I didn't have was the we know, they know, but they don't. Because he made that one in the process of me getting all the other ones, and I was just like, man, you need to give me that one. There. I like that track. It felt good. Mm. You know, so yeah, that was a we dope album. Was, we know it was the last song that was done for the album, and basically, it started with me fooling with some drums, and I told him I, I actually let him hear the drums, and he was yeah. like, <laughs> "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay," I'm like, "I'm not even done with it, but I haven't even built this track yet. This is just drums going," and. It just came together, man. And when he went in, he went for the kill, and that was it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was dope, man. We had some good we had some good process for it, man. A real good process. I stopped my album from the work to work on it. I stopped recording my album for a minute. Mm. But I'm back on it though. I mean okay. I ain't never really put it down, but you know, I'm I don't know, man. I'm in the air right now, man. I just been in the studio making a few tracks. Mm -hmm. Um uh huh. A few tracks. Made a few he, tracks. He got some heat over there. Got some heat over yeah, there. Oh my goodness, boy! Y'all hear these beats, boy? <laughs> like some man. So what's like the plan um, with the rest of this? Uh, or I guess um, you know, moving from this mixtape into the album. Um, do you have like a time frame, or you said that you're going on tour, or you know, yeah. what's happening next? Yeah, we on tour. This we're gonna do this the Texas run with Bone um, mm -hmm. next week. We're gonna do. We're just gonna do like three stops. Um, then we got two other performances to do at the end of this month. So November gonna be pretty much the month to break out to do some live performances because we ain't really been able to get nothing. We've been working on it pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I have been talking to Lay about the tour and everything um, to support it and everything too. You know, so we could go ahead on and get out there. But I don't be honest with you. The last year I went on tour around the winter time. I didn't really. I really hate to travel in the winter time, man. Mm. You know, <laughs> so 
I'd rather just kind of lay low after let the weather pass by. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then try to get back out there when the weather clear up, man. Because going through the mountains and shit and uh, being all that snow and everything, man, I kept uh-huh. getting sick. You know, and all this kind of stuff. It was all, everybody was sick. It was just crazy, man. Kyle, we'll put you on a resume. You're going to be all right. Yeah, I mean, if I have to, I mean, if it's there, to go get it. Got to go get it off the top. You know what I'm saying? But if my, prefer- my preference, I'd rather just, you know, do keep doing and get the videos and stuff. We definitely got some videos coming. We're going to okay. actually shoot some of the video next week um, for Jess. Uh, we're okay. going to do a video for Jess first. It's going to be pretty much like live concert footage and stuff like that. Then we're going to do a couple of up, up close scenes and, you know, we're going to fix it up. And then we're going to, I'm talking a little, like I said, mention the pod, mention to do the uh, right message, wrong message video, you know. So we're going to be planning to put that together next. Try to get some visuals out from it. Keep doing the press. Keep getting the word out on it, you know. Um Try to get it into the, some of these big blog sites and stuff like that. Try to get some reviews. You know, um, keep pushing it, man. This, this is great. I don't, I'm not trying to give it up. I want to see this mixtape on all hiphop.com, hiphop DX, and Worldstar, and all that kind of stuff. I want to see this this tape get out there. I want to see it get the publicity it deserves. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, we appreciate y'all. You know what I'm saying? Sitting down with us and putting us on y'all 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 little gig right here, man. Y'all little podcast, man. We really appreciate this, man. You know, no doubt, man. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's Uh definitely dope to have you guys here, and um, you know, just you know, people excited about the music, and the music is good. So you know, we definitely appreciate having you guys here, especially, um, you know, you know, able to tell us about you know so much of your own experiences and then just everything in New Orleans and you know, yeah. just things that we had never even heard before. So, oh yeah, y'all never been in New Orleans, man? Nah, <laughs> oh, no, wow. man, nah. Yeah, we gotta get y'all to come down, man. Where y'all at, man? Well, um, I'm yeah. in Baltimore, and, um, and he's in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to get you Mateo. Got to holler at Mateo. Shout yeah. out to Mateo, man. Yeah, definitely shout out to Mateo. <laughs> That's my dude there, man. Really good guy, man. Got a lot of love and respect for Mateo, man. I had uh, helped him out, man. He reached out to me on Twitter and uh, was just like, yo, I'm writing this piece on Bone Thugs and Harmony. I just wanted to see if we get a chance to chop it up. I want to get you. I'm, wanna, I'm talking about you and your album and project with Lazy Bone. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I don't really holler at nobody on Twitter like that, man. You know what I mean? You get so many spam mail, you know what I'm saying? All t- yeah. type of different things. But someone had me to reach back out to Mateo, and I reached back out to him, talked to him, talked with him. And uh, we planned to uh, talk on the phone. I gave him my number. He reached out, and we just kept building from there, man. At the time, he was putting some things together. So, you know, he wound up getting that bone piece together, and... um Shit, it so happened one night when it just came out. I, I was sitting with Lay. He had came down to Houston. You know, we was kicking and just chilling, man. I had showed him the piece and everything. I had him to read it and stuff like that, you know. And I was trying to text him right then and there so I, so I could get him on the phone so he could talk to him and stuff like that. But he never hit me back that night. You know what oh. I'm saying? <laughs> Damn. So he hit me back the next day. Hit me back the next day. And I was 
was like, yeah, man, I had late read your, um, your piece, you know, because I, I didn't know if he thought I forgot about him. I always, I had told him right off the back, I was like, yeah, man, you know, you put it together, I, I'll get it to him because he had been going through different channels to try to get it, you know, get it to them mm-hmm. for them to check it out. But, you know, it ain't, you know, everybody ain't me. I'm mean, just put it that way. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it was all good, though. I I was able to get it to him and had him read it. And, you know, I think they passing on to the rest of the crew. And they all read it. I seen Stack. He was tweeting about it and posted up a piece of it and stuff like that. Because Stack, he real. He he gonna read it. I'm talking about Flesh and Bone. He gonna read (laughs) it, you know. He gonna gonna, gonna read different things, you know. He's he's, he's the oldest one. That's Big Bruh Bruh right there. So, Mm. he gonna gonna monitor everything. What I like about Mateo, though, is I've read... Like his writing, and it brought me back to like the like the old source writers back when they actually used to write the old source and WXL writers, you know. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, he's real good with a pen. He's very handy with a pen. I, I respect his pen game immensely. Immensely. Yeah, he wrote the the articles he did on Niff and the other one he did on me, and then the the the, um, the review he did for the the mixtape. It's pretty dope, man. It's really dope. Um. I thought it was. I thought it was incredible. You know, I thought it was incredible, especially the write up and he wrote up about us individually. You know, I thought. Yeah. It was dope. We, we gotta do one more. We gonna we gotta do one more for so stimulus. I think we gonna interview Trav. Trav because it's gonna be his debut in the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he be like he don't, he don't he don't like the he don't like the spotlight at all, man. Trav, he played back. He played way back. Yeah, like, yeah, but but Matt, like speaking of Trav, like what exactly is his role? Because we see that you have him, in, that you guys have him in the credits, you know, to yeah. watch his album and everything like that. Trav is my, he's a partner, so stimulus, man. You know what I mean? He's my partner. Um, he helped me put the branding and stuff like that. Um, Clean up, man. Yeah, he 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 he's he, he, he's man. You know, he's he's the man next to the man. Just put it that way. You know, um, but he's a really, he's a really, he's a really good friend of mine. You know what I'm saying? And he's a real real good friend of mine. Um, Really good guy. I I, I love Trav, man. You know, shout out to Trav, man, his fam. Um, That's my, that's my other family out here. You know, just, it's just certain people you meet in life and, you know, y'all work, y'all come from two different walks of life, but y'all just click. I think me and Trav click because his love for hip hop. Trap talking about, hey man, you heard this Jungle Brothers album? I'm like, what you know about Jungle Brothers, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trav, a white boy from Portland, now in Oregon, man. But he, I don't look at him as a white boy. He black. <laughs> <laughs> like an albino. You, you like, you red. Some shit like that. And then, and then I knew, and then, and then when I, when I, I like, bring it, I told him about Niff. When I told him about Niff, I was like, man, you and Niff, y'all gonna click real good, because Niff he be on that hip hop shit real heavy too. He gonna bust your head with some of the stuff he know, and then next thing you know, Nip start coming through and they click. You know what I'm saying? So everybody like we for the love of the, for the sake of hip hop, we do it, man. And um, you know, like I said, Trav, he's been down with me. He helped me really put so stimulus back in perspective with that plan I had came down to Houston with. I thank God put him in my path and, and put him in my life for that reason. You know, that's why I know. It's a godly thing. It's a spiritual thing on, a, on some good stuff because, you know, I said what I needed. I spoke it into. I spoke it out in the atmosphere, and it all came into existence, man. 
No, now I just need to get that that million dollar check tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I need that million dollar check to come tomorrow so we can be all right. You know, you get it all together. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, but other than that, you know, God is good, man. That's all I can say, bro. Not trying to get old hallelujah on y'all, but you know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. Man, you know what I'm saying? The Most High is, 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 is a beautiful, is, is, is right, man. You know, he, he blessed me with different, like I said, he blessed me with different things in his, in his hip-hop game. And he blessed me with, you know, different connections and different circles and stuff like that, you know, that I could actually share with my peeps, man. And I could share this success with them, you know what I mean? Because I don't feel like I'll be truly happy if I'm not sharing it with the people that, that helped me build this, uh, or we helped build each other up. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to share with people like Niff, somebody that I grew up with doing music and that he's able to take care of his family and, you know, make money doing what he loved to do. I don't think nobody need to be put here on the earth doing something that they really don't love to do. I think that's that's like miserable. You know what I'm saying? I think people need to do what they love to do and get paid for it. Make a, the Bible says your gift make room for you, mm. you know? And that's what we have. We really got real gifts, you know what I mean? And I want us, I want us to make money doing what we do instead of having to go. I do insurance um, now, you know. I've been doing insurance now for three years. You know, I've got my license within a year, so um, doing it. So I do that in the daytime, you know, out here in Houston, out here in Texas, you know. Ain't really no scene out here is really not like Atlanta. That's why I'm actually planning on getting back out there right now because it's more of musically and climbing. Like, I could go out there and probably get into a situation and get a budget where I ain't got to really do, I could sell insurance on the side, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm making money doing these dudes' albums and stuff, and I want to be able to get back around that type of atmosphere because when I was there before, when I was just running in the <clears> industry, I just didn't have all of my business together. If I had what I have now set up back then, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'd be on right now. I'd be all over the place. You know, it'll be That's really happening. But everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and it, you know, I think everything takes us to the next journey, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I, I agree. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to get at, you know. Um, it's just like that out here, you know, but I want to see all of us doing what we love to do. Every time I go by Trav and I look at him, he's one of those type of people that really shows like, man, I hate doing this shit, man. I don't like doing this shit, you know. I hate going to work for this person. And then, you know, Trav, you really need to do what you love to do, you know. Yeah. And, and that's just that, you know. You're too damn talented, first of all. And number two, you 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 know you know you want to do it at your own discretion, pretty much. You want to do it. You want you want to do it how you want to do it. Just like Niff might want to do it how he want to do it. Cause I damn sure know I want to do it how I want to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and we have those type of talents to do it. And we just trying to you know, ain't trying. We we getting there. I think every day is a progress. You know, everything is a step forward with what we doing with this project. You know. Um, I'm always working on something, trying to get it out there. I know Niff doing this thing, and um, we all just trying to make 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 avenues and build opportunities for it to go on and, and take it take a set place in hip hop, man. Because it definitely need to be heard. Yeah, and right now, I mean, the thing is, right now, to get this project in as many hands as possible. Yeah, so, I think my biggest goal. Pass it on, like, man. Pass I, it on to everybody. We definitely will. <laughs> 
look, I think um, I think the biggest goal when I say when I would fully feel like, oh yeah, we 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 really really on is when we sitting down with Sway in the morning talking about this project, man. Because mm. somebody like Sway is a hip hop head. He done been through the you know he done interviewed all everybody. He's a pioneer. He knows hip hop, and I really believe like somebody like Sway gonna hit his album and gonna be like yo this is a dope album this is a really dope album and gonna really give it his props that that is due because I, I really and people everywhere across the country gonna love it too because it's real hip hop man yeah I don't give me one bad reason why we, you would not like this album <laughs> that's that's all I need to know if you give me one reasonable reason why you shouldn't like this album then I might agree with you then, then I might not agree with you <laughs> I think it fits. I think it fits with 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 uh, some of the good music that's actually out now, but then it's different enough too to set you apart as well. But um, that's the definite. And see, that's the whole thing. That's the whole picture, man. You just you just laid it out. You're a very smart dude, man. For real, <laughs> real man. You're a very smart dude, bro. Like for real, I'm, I'm like that, man. I like that, bro. And that's that's real, man. Um, that's how I feel about it. I, and I'm not. And look, trust me, I'm not toting my own, not tooting my own horn and nothing like that. You know what I mean? Because if it was all right, I tell you, it's all right. It ain't all that, you know. But I feel, I know how I felt recording it. You know what I'm saying? I know how I felt recording it. I know how good hip hop feel. I know the message that's in it. I know that it's urgent to be heard. I think it's it's a right now album, and I just I I, I'm like right I'm now. I'm just really I'm ready for it. To, I wanted to get all the way out there. I wanted to be out there. You know what I mean? I want people to be being like, "Who the fuck is this? This is dope." You know what I'm saying? Because everybody reaction that hear that hears it like, "Yo, this is dope." I was just talking to my good homie um, from Bad Boy yesterday, my boy Mel. He's from New York. He up in um, I think he up in Baltimore right now too. I think no, he say he in DC. You mm. um, he say uh, he listened to the album and he was just like, "Yo," he always did like everything I did. You know what I mean? From the walking classics, from all that. But he was just like, "Yo, this album here, man." You know what I'm saying? This is. He was like, "Yo, I put this album in right in between Stillmatic and in my my lifetime volume one, Jay Z." Mm. I was like, "Damn!" I said, "I don't know if that's bad or good." <laughs> you know? He was like, "Nah, nah, nah, it's good, man." He was like, "It's good. It's on that level." And I'm <clears> like, "That's dope." That Nas and Jay Z right in between. That's that's pretty dope. You know what I'm saying? And um. I, 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 and his opinion kind of mattered to me more than anybody because he's from New York. Mm. You know, he's a real New Yorker. You know what I'm saying? So he know hip hop. You know, he knows about. You know, he come up under. We're working with uh with the windings and stuff over there. That bad boy with Puffy and all them. Right. So you know, he know I he know how it is. You know what I'm saying? I did a I did a song on one of his tracks, and you believe it or not, he sound like he from um Atlanta. Hmm. <laughs> on this production for real I got a, a, my homie MCL I'm about to bring my homie MCL back he um I've been working with L he down there in New Orleans MCL I'm trying to pull him back in the mix right now I got him on this record actually he's gonna be on that track that Mel did he, he put a verse on it I'm waiting for him to send it to me now 
so I can mix it down and leak it out there. I'll probably nip break this one and put it out there, you know. And um, we're gonna get it, see what happens, you know. But it's one of them. That's one of them right now records too. Like that track is like, even the way I did the hook on it, gonna gonna gonna. I kind of did it like them niggas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I changed my I disguised my voice on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I put a different effect on it. <clears throat> and so, that's what it's gonna be good with us. Because, I mean, for the most part, like I told y'all before, as far as me producing, and I play a lot of different styles or whatever, but my production is, is, is basically, it's boom bap oriented, you know? And right. even if I'm, even if I'm going to venture out a little bit, it's still going to, there's going to be some boom bap in there. Right. Kicks and snips going to beat you in the ass. So, you know, we got two, we got the best of both worlds and there's no way you can stop that, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we bring in like they bring in they they bring us their budget, man. And then me and Niff, we when we get like I said, we could be studio rats, man. I'd rather be a studio rat than be a club rat. Mm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'd rather yeah. be in the studio and bring the club to the studio if I had to. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But other than that, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> man, it be like that sometimes, man. They want to come to the studio. So about that damn studio. <laughs> yeah, think about it though, bro. You know, I've been I've been in and out of clubs since about fifteen. You know, and like I said, I'm turning forty next year, and I'm just I don't like I don't care for a lot of the music that's out there, and it's just like okay, you know, something gotta something gotta break, man. Yeah. So. I've got to move. Really? Really? Yeah. We're working on it, though, man. You know, yeah. we just got to keep making top quality music. And, um, well, that's going to always happen because me and his brother here, we just love music. You know, we just love it. I thank God for all the good relationships I have out there with the people that's out there. I don't really like doing all of that, um, you know, running behind nobody because of who they are and stuff like that. But we good, we good. You know, yeah. um, opportunity come, they, you know, they offered for us to come out. So why not? You dig? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm not gonna be trying to. I'm always pretty much. I'll be trying to stick to doing my own thing, man. Build my own name up. No matter how hard it gets, you know, I know what I have. Nif know what he have. I know what we <clears> all have together between me, him, and Trav. You know, and you know, we got George now. He's another camera guy. Um, do some filming and stuff. He's down with us. And, um, you know, we're just building a good team of individuals and put a movement together. And we're just trying to really get a good situation set up for us all, bro, so we could really go full-time doing what we're doing pretty much. And, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis like it used to be mm-hmm. before we all had families and bills and stuff like that, you know. Man, this time out, this time out, man. Once I once I go through this door, I'm breaking that motherfucker up. So it's gonna we we gonna walk through this one and we gonna run it big time. Yeah, and it's gonna be right because we're gonna have our own situation. You know, we're gonna have our own carpet to walk on. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. gonna have our own carpet to step on, bro. And that's that's the beauty of it. You know, and it's never hard. It's never easy getting it like that, man. You know what I'm saying? Everything is, whoo, you look at the business every day, man. It's so upside down right now, man. There's just so much going on in that game. I get discouraged a lot of times, too. Definitely. But you can't, man. I just, 
Like I just saw, I don't know if y'all saw it, that um, Universal shut down their distribution. Make the sure distribution you rate, subscribe, uh, you know, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. That way, uh, our podcast gets higher in the rankings, and we can gain a bigger audience, bring you bigger guests, and keep giving you this great content that we do week after week. With that, let's get into the show. You know, they they're trying to they're trying to get their their money. They've been they've been losing for way too long, and they're trying to figure out ways to get their money. And they realized that loss that they took on iTunes. So now it's like, yeah, we need to figure out how to get in this. So we're gonna set our own division. I bet you, a lot of these other labels gonna try to follow, and they're trying to set that same mode that Jay did with Title. You know, to try to get some of that revenue back to themselves. Yeah, I mean now it's a free for all, so you can go ahead and 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 and, and take it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I, I knew I knew that business. I knew it was gonna get like that, man. I knew it was gonna get like this, man. Because you just seen the decline of the record business ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they did it to themselves, man. It's a, you know, there's an old phrase: "Pop will eat itself," and this. Pop is munching on itself, you know? Mm. And that's exactly it. Exactly what happened, man. You got, you know, nobody that's at the top of anything in music anymore has a real music background. They're all businessmen and attorneys. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I said that on Facebook. I said, you know, they even got rid of the mountain climber who plays electric guitar, you know? <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just crazy. It's real though. Yeah, it's just it's, it's the bean counters, you know. And you cannot, you cannot run anything creative with just bean counters. I'm sorry, it's gonna backfire. And that's why when you look at it now, listen to the radio. You know, look around. You got a lot of crappy material out. Nothing. You don't have in the past ten years. I could probably count on two, both of my hands. Songs that have stood the test of time. Everything else after three months, you don't ever want to hear that again, bro. Yeah. You know? And that's with the dance floors and everything. There is, there's very few 10 year ago super duper classics. You know? But take it back to the, you take it back to the 90s, you take it back to the 80s, you take it back to the 70s and 60s. They're classics. Bonafide classics. You know? And right. You gotta ban- you gotta blame the bean counters. The bean counters is letting that happen, bro. Oh, it's hot right now. It's hot right now. We're gonna make a few dollars right now. You know right. the whole ringtone the whole ringtone rap of 06 and 07 and all of that. Once that yeah. bust through the door, that stuff survived, you know? Yeah. Chameleon that was smart. He was smart about doing what he yeah. He supposed to do with his money, you know. He had a pretty, he had a, he had a pretty long career, man. Well, yeah, I mean, those cats, underground. right? Those cats had careers since the nineties, you know. And you know, he, Chameleon had found a way to keep. It was like, okay, I can get out of this business and do something else. If I want to rap now, I'm gonna do it for, because I want to. Yeah. doing it on my own terms, you know. Yeah, and even with that, he still kept it lyrical. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chameleon, that was dope. Shout out to the homie Chameleon. Uh, good dude, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, all uh, has a new new joint out. That swinging in the rain is it go hard, bro. It's it's dope. I hope he get his moment on it, but I don't think he gonna do it because he is basically he's in the same rut that we in because we're not following this trend. You know, we're not talking. Yeah. We're not. We, you know, we 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 not. We future killing it right now. Yeah. Future killing it right now. I like I like some of Future music though. He, he's not a he, you got to just accept it for what it is and you know it's definitely club banger. Yeah, yes. but, at, but outside of the, outside of the club, do you find yourself? Yeah, I gotta hear this. I gotta hear this to make my day go better. No, 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 no. You see what I'm not like and that. that. And that's the difference between you know. And maybe I'm just old fogey and I'm just living back in the days. But, you know, the music that we came up on, man, it's like I had to hear this. This I uh, need this music, you know? This is yeah. I'm going to tell you who album I've been feeling you know? like that about lately. I've been tweaking really like that Big Crit mixtape that is better this way. That's a mm-hmm. dope, 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 dope tape. I'm really a huge Big Crit fan, man. I, I would love to work with him, man. For real. When like, dude is dope. When you talk about Crit, once again, you're talking about somebody that has came off of that same tradition. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. Back down to that. When Even with the audience Crit, Crit have, like, like, he, like, just like his new mixtape said, I, I like that song. I like Everything that he talking about on that because he talking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he talks about that. He always did talk about that, you know, like not being on but not being on, not being recognized. You know what I'm saying? As how great he is. But his his fan base is loyal. His fan base is solid. He got real like hip hop heads, real street dudes who feel him. Like, you know, um, I I don't it'll, I, I guess he he don't fit in with that because he's not about to be wearing no tight jeans and you know going with the whole the the whole image type thing you know I don't I don't I, I would really lose critter lose me if he was to do that <laughs> you know what I'm saying I don't care how good his music is but at the same I like time him, man, you know he 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 put out like a like a large catalog of work like you know you yeah like, like it feels like i just woke up one day and it's like oh you know coming from crit was here then the next joint then the next joint then the uh, album right. it's like well it i didn't realize quality. it so much it was quality yeah, yeah it was quality crit, music crit you know basically was raised off of ugk and banner you know and once yeah. again you deal with that era you know yeah, Crivet from Meridian, Mississippi, man. I used to be out there with yeah. Carol back some years ago, man. I'm surprised I never met him. Mm. But mm. he's dope. Crit, Crit really dope. And he getting better and better every project. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And he and he keeping it him. He keeping it him. You know, I remember they booed that dude in New York, man, when I first when I first saw a video of him. He was up there doing his single. And they booed that dude, man. man. You know what I'm saying? They literally booed him. It was on video on World Star and everything. Man. Yeah, I remember he booed that. Big Crit. You remember that? Yeah, but they booed yeah. Outcast too. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey, right, hey. yeah, yeah. But New York, you know, but shit, they gotta respect Crit right now, man. Yeah. Crit dope, man. You know, and I wouldn't advise them to do nothing different. You know, oh man, just pushing. Yeah, keep pushing. I would love to work with him, man. He's hey, really hey, dope. Sean. Hey, Sean. Huh? But you mean to tell me, bro, that you ain't gonna put that dress on, bro? 
Yeah, go to hell. <laughs> you gonna put that dress on and hit the choir, bro? <laughs> you ain't talking about me. You talking about the mother cats? <laughs> oh man, I can't do that, dog. I would never do that shit. I'll come out there in the three. I'll come out there in a three-piece tuxedo before I do that. <laughs> With a tail. With a Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, I come out there, nigga, like I'm ready to get married to the microphone. <laughs> I'll come out there in a three-piece tuxedo. Yeah, mm. playing to play with people that ever come at me like that, man. And uh, you know what else, too? I have no problem with gay people, man. You know what I'm saying? I work with a guy, he's gay. You know, I just acted stuff. We just opened up our new office, and he's gay. A little young dude, but he's gay. But he's cool as a fan, man. I deal with him. I treat him just like a dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't treat him no different. I don't have no complex around him or nothing like that. But I know he's gay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he, he act like a girl. But, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> but he's now, a cool dude. From, he's a really cool dude, man. Is that as long as you understand me, I understand you, we respect our boundaries, we cool, bruh. You know, and I've I've met a lot of people, I have family members, I have friends that are gay, and I'm cool with it. I'm probably one of the most liberal people that you know I'm all for gay rights, I'm all for you, do you. Mm-hmm. You know, just let people be, man. Let these people do what they're gonna do, but man, some yeah. of y'all rappers, bruh, Y'all, I don't I know see that's too that. that's that's too that's too much, man. See that's 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 bad because, but you know we could go deep with this conversation right here because what that does, Brian. We all know that that's part of the agenda that they've been had this mapped out for years, man, for it to be this way. And like you said earlier, Niff, everybody at the top calling the shots. They don't have no musical background. You know what I'm saying? Oh. So they're only going with fads and they're creating fads because they have the resources and the finances to create a fad. Yeah. So we already know. And to be honest with y'all, this Don't Shoot the Messenger mixtape is a... I didn't directly diss the ways of the industry, but I did. You know what I'm saying? I, I kind of wanted to address it from different standpoints of, of like... Fuck the industry, man. Fuck everything about it because they done took it and then made it out of something else that's not acceptable. Like, I'm not used to. I'm not used to that. And you cannot piss on my motherfucking back and tell me it's raining. You know what I'm saying? You can't piss on the back of my leg and tell me it's raining. And that's what I, you know, that's what I was telling you when I was like, when I stopped and I'm like, bro, do you realize what you are saying? You know, yeah, you, because you it came really it, realize let me what tell you something. Saying. And let me tell you something. I realize what I'm saying, but I guess the way I said it was made it feel real heartfelt because that's how I felt. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And this is stuff that I've seen. I see people get away with it in this industry. It goes untapped, unchecked. You know what I'm saying? And it need to be addressed. And, and, and you know, and I, I watch this shit. I see it all the time, man. Niggas is, is really fraud out there, man. They really got people out there that is not right. You know, they got people out there that do things to be seen. They do it for attention. They do it for motives. They do it for their own personal gain. They only 
do it and they don't care. I feel like if you this big old slime ball ass person, you got this slime ball ass mentality, and you when you broke, well then when you get money, you're just gonna be the biggest fucking slime ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they say that you, when you get money, you the same, just on a different scale. It's yeah, on a yeah, different yeah. scale, like like me, like me. I'm the type of person if I get money and I have enough money to share the wealth, and I see my brother doing bad, and he's really trying, and he's really really trying to get it, hold it together. I'm the type of person that'll bless my brother and give it to him and put it in his life and help him get on his feet and stay on his feet. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't you can't table phone anybody, but you can at least give them a blessing and give them a shot to get to get it together. You right. know what I'm saying? And to be able to say, hey, you know what is what is something that you always visualize doing? Especially you got a lot of people out here that's striving to do the right thing, man, and they just lost. They just don't have the resources. <laughs> they don't have the way. They don't have, you know, um, they don't have the 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 direction. You know what I mean? Sometimes it <laughs> takes. People to really get it together, it takes like each one to teach one, reach all. Like a mentorship. Exactly. So that's and that's what this don't shoot the messenger tape. And I've that's the whole order of it. I've always been that way. If you if I know something and you're willing to learn it, I'm gonna teach it to you. You know, it ain't about that, well, you know, you bring me off this here, I'm gonna show you No, bro, come on, come on, learn what I got, you know? But you got a lot of people out there that's like that though. There's you know a whole saying? lot of that's like that, bro. You know, everything you know, is hustle, 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 and about making a dollar, you know? And I think that's why God blesses those people like us, you know what I mean? That's always willing to each one, teach one, reach all, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's the whole persona of, of how I operate in this business, man. I sit down and talk to a young artist that's trying to come up. They always come up to me all the time. And, you know, I talk to them about the business side of it, what they need to know. And you got a lot of talent, man, but you need this and you need that. And you need this and you need that. And you need to focus on this. And I inspire so many dudes that's doing their thing. Even my little cousin, he doing this thing. I always told other niggas, man, stay with it. Keep doing what you're doing, you know. And maybe one day we'll link up or whatever. But I always knew. That it was certain things that I had to experience on my own and not and do it by myself, you know, and go right, through and things on my own. Same with me with my nephew. My nephew is getting into it right now, you know, and he, all you're doing is I say, Uncle, I'm doing this, and I think he think I'm being hard on him because he he'll bring something to my attention, and I'm like, that's cool, but you need to do this. You know, oh, this is fly, but I want you to do this. Oh, why are you using this instrumental like this? Why are you using this bad copy? You know, right? And I'm that's in a way I'm being I'm giving tough love, but it's not that I'm telling you don't do this because you're talented. He's talented as hell, but I want you to do it right. And I want I don't I shouldn't have I'm not gonna tell you everything to do. Right. Some of it I want you to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. My little cousin, he been um sending me some beats. He been doing on um he been doing some beats. I inspire him so much, man. And he just called me out the blue one day, hey, cuz I I really want to do this and da da da, man. You're a huge inspiration to me, man. And da da da, and you be seeing, you know, how I've been getting it in and stuff, and you really see it, you know. And he really on, 
he really serious about it, man. Mm. You know what I mean? He's really serious about it. He be sending me beats and everything. I try to check in with him every now and then. And, you know, and he um he doing his thing, man. I'm going to holler at him when I go to Dallas. I'm going to try to get him to come meet me out there so I can bring him out, you know, introduce him to everybody and stuff. And, and, you know? and so, you know, like, um, that's kind of all that matters because, you know, you were talking about, um, um, you know, Eazy-E and N.W.A. And then through that comes Ice Cube and through that comes somebody right. else. It's a generational right. thing. So right. it's kind of like, you know, you and then the next person and the next person and, you know, that's how you start those dynasties. Absolutely. Right. That's what it's all about, man. Because we ain't going to be going here forever. And going, man. We ain't going to be, we, we're not going to be here forever, man. You know, so we got to, we can be here forever, though. Yeah. And by, and by what we, what we, you know, the music we make, they're always there forever. Tupac ain't so going back, You know, I take it back to, in New Orleans, you know, you got, where we came, where we left off during Cycle War. You know, you had a lot of the younger cats now, you know, they'll come up to me, they'll go up to EF, they'll go up to Rodney, like, dog, like, believe it or not, we came up off of y'all, you know. I remember when I went and bought you, oh, my cousin bought your tape, and I used to listen to it with my cousin all the time, bro. And, you know, these little kids, they, they look up to us like, man, y'all the OGs now. And it's the same way that, hell, I used to, when Manny was up in the Seven Ward, I used to look, look up through his window See what he's doing while he practicing and playing on stuff, you know. Uh, I'm walking down, walking down in Uptown Three Nine, walking down the Parkway, and you hear everything banging out of KL and them. Man, it's the same thing, you know. It's just in a, a different way. We, the same way them, them cats influenced me, you know. Right. I influenced somebody else, and that's that's the blessing, man. People don't see that, but that's actually right. a blessing to have some kind of influence on people. And that's why when like when Sean did the Black Nificent song, it meant yeah. so much to me. Yeah. Because of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I always wanted to show him that, you know, I I'm 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 still alive and kicking and I'm doing I'm I'm living a dream, man. You know, I'm hanging around artists that I grew up in the studio listening to. I'm listening I'm hanging around artists that you put me on to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and, and it's a beautiful thing, man. I, I, you know, that right there alone, man, and just be able to get the, the right opinion and stuff, and just to be be able to see it all come back full circle is a blessing. That keeps me motivated. You know what I'm saying? Just to see it all come full circle keeps me motivated. You know, and be able to pull it all together and be able to do something that I love to do with the people that I really love to do it with. You know what I'm saying? And that I know that's going to tell me that really love me and I got love for them. And they're going to really tell me, yo, man, you need to you need to wrinkle your shirt wrinkle, nigga. Turn your shirt out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That beat yeah. sound off. You know, that beat sound horrible, man. That beat sound distorted. Oh, man. That's one thing you know about me. I'm going I'm to tell you. I ain't going to hold yeah, that back cool. from you. It's cool. The draft, he's just as, he's just as much as a critic, too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, around real good energy, we all iron sharp and iron. You know? Yeah, and, we all, and we all sharp. We all sharp as hell right now. It's <laughs> magic. Yeah. Now, do you, guys ever, do you guys ever plan to move back to New Orleans? Um, in the States right now, because, my, like, my kids are in school right now, and they're doing well. Very well. And... 
I can't pull them from doing well to bring them into a situation where it may not be right as well. So, so I don't know. Uh, as much as and there's not a day that goes by that I don't want to be back home. I will kid you not. I don't know. I'm not moving back. Mm. I'm not going back home. I'm always be around though. I'm always be back and forth down there, but. You know that's home. I, I go back I'm going back. Off. I'm I'm going back to Atlanta, man. Actually, I'm trying to get out there pretty soon. You know what I mean? Um, Atlanta, I got a huge network out there. You know, I'm I feel really good being out there. It's a lot to get into. A lot what I'm doing, and also make a way for what we are doing, what we created here. You know, I I I think like I said once again, when I leave here, my biggest Concern is is Niff and Trav, you know, because I know they're both family guys. I don't have any kids, and I'm not married no more, so I'm pretty much a rolling stone. Well, I rest my fitted hat at, oh, my gutter hat at, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but I I I know it's like I got to get out here, and I got to get out here and make some business moves and open the door up for my dudes can be able to travel because when you got money, shit, you could be in fucking New Orleans, Atlanta, Houston, Texas. You could be um, California, New York. You'd be all in the places in one day when you got money. Yeah. And, and then you'll be back home. And then I'm talking about be back home. You'd be, baby, I had a crazy day. I was in New York and then I had to go to Chicago and then <laughs> I almost missed my flight back home. But I'm home, baby. You're back home with your wife and your kids. You know what I mean? I mean, out there made some power business moves, DJed a, a, a set or whatever. You do a production session with somebody. Who knows? But when you got money, you can move. And you can move at your own discretion. And you can do it the way you want to do it and how you want to do it. And when business calls, it's called. And I just want to be able to, you know, to help create that opportunity, that avenue for us to do that together. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, my, my I'm trying to, I don't want to be the one that hold on. I, I'm, I, I will be lonely at the top, you know, and I, I, that's dangerous because it makes me vulnerable sometimes, but I'd rather surround myself around people that, that know, I know that got me, that love me. You know what I'm saying? Because it'd be no better feeling to be around people that, you know, you could share, you could share that success with and, be able to really like celebrate it and have fun and be able to do things that we always wanted to do and have watch our, our families and stuff be happy and stuff like that. You know, <clears throat> not saying that money gonna not saying that money gonna change everything, but at least we're in a state where we're making a financial financial living, doing what we love to do. Right. Plus, you know, it's always good to have that somebody that's gonna check you. You know, that reality check. Most people don't have that reality check, and that's where you know that's where problems occur. You know, right. I, the one thing I can say with Sean, with Trav, and I had a few other people that you know, my day ones, they're my reality check. They will tell me, "Say, bro, come back to reality." You know, mm. right? Uh, or if or if I'm really really doing wrong, they liable to hit me up somewhere in the corner and be like, "Say, bro." Don't make me shake the shit out you, you know? <laughs> and and it's cool because I would do the same thing for them, you know? And that's, you need realism in your life. I'm going to tell you like this, man. 
you know, this 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 is um uh, this is I I feel like this is the beginning of a great 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 ending. You know what I mean? Like retirement days when we and Lyft say like, <laughs> you know what? I'm done, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do it no more. Uh, I'm just doing. I'm not trying to be in the business, but I'm gonna be making these beats and selling the tracks to some up and coming great artists and stuff. You know, I think yeah. my thing is being a mentor. You know, I just want to be able to share this 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 knowledge and you know the story and stuff like that with people and stuff like that. Because that's after the end of the day, that's all we here for to do. We here to be a story and we're we're walking story. You know, and a testimony too, because of the things that bless us with this business, and you know, we make a dollar out this business. You're doing good, man, because you got to fight to eat, man. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's really crazy out there right now. You know, yeah. one thing but that you I, said I, that um that really struck me too um is how you said that you know you got people overseas putting your stuff up on YouTube, and you have like a following out there. And it kind of reminded me of um, when we spoke with Egyptian Lover, how he said when he first got on MySpace, like all these people just started hitting him up, you know, from places that he had never been to. And he didn't know he had fans out there. And, right. you know, eventually they started booking him for shows and he didn't even know how big he was until he, you know, went over there. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he probably have a whole the vast you know, opportunity out there in Europe and Asia and everything too. I believe it's gonna all come full circle right now. I, gotta I, I, I just told him that a few weeks ago. I'm like, man, we gotta we gotta get overseas, bro. We gotta get out of this country for a minute. We got to. Yeah, yeah, we gotta definitely get over that, man. I believe all that's about to happen. Yeah, all that's about to happen because you know we're moving, and when you're on a move, you know you, things happen. You know what I'm saying? Everything comes like full circle. And like I said, once again, you know, um, once we get what we're going with everything, you know, it's going to open up a lot of different avenues for us, for us to expand. And, um, you know, like we might wind up doing another Don't Shoot the Messenger Part 2. Who knows? Might do a sequel to it. Who knows? You know, but I know once you get out there and the people accept it for what it is, they're going to really appreciate it and they're going to want to hear more from us, you know what I'm saying, Nif gonna always be there, you know, that's the DJ, I, I always got a huge respect for the DJ, Right. and you know, we put in the show together right now that we gonna do on tour, and it's, I, I'm excited like crazy about it, man, so yeah. I'm a great performer, I like to perform, you know, and, um, you know, I perform told him, man, he can't, he can't have another album unless I'm mixing, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, so even if you, if if I don't touch a lick on production, no, I'm, I'm, you, yeah, I'm gonna have to mix these albums, bro. And you got that. He got that. That's not a, a no, no problem. Well, thanks for thanks for um the helping hand. You know. Yeah, the mix, I mean, the mix down did sound crispy. Uh, so you definitely did your thing with that, and um, your overall presentation with everything, you know, is really good from the sound quality to the work to even the um so stimulus uh website. Um, yeah, that's so. Trav, man. Shout out to Trav on all that, man. Trav mm. put all the branding and the images and stuff together. Neff, he did. He mixed down. Um, which records that was you mixed down on that on the uh? Would you did love you the life and power and the glory? Power the glory. Um, we mixed Don't Shoot Right. Uh, we mixed yeah, a lot of them together, did, though. Yeah, we did. Um, martial Law, we did together. Um, yeah. 
I messaged him on Messenger. The intro and La La, they were two tracks already. Right. <laughs> Me and Trav mixed La La down in Logic. Mm. Yeah. Me and Trav mixed La La down in Logic. And I did I mean, Jess. I'm, me and Trav mixed down Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Don't Shoot the Messenger. But you put the scratches on there. Them some mm-hmm. dope-ass records, man. <laughs> That's some dope-ass records, bro. Them records dope. That's some dope hip-hop records, man. If I don't do another album, I'm happy with Don't Shoot the Messenger. <laughs> No, but we're definitely looking forward to uh, Classic Status and everybody out there who um, hasn't checked out Don't Shoot the Messenger, you know, definitely check that out. Um, you guys got uh, anything to plug, your websites and your Twitter and your Instagram and all that? Yeah, um, you go to the website, uh, Um I'm on all over the place, Twitter. Gsta underscore G, um, Facebook, uh, the official Gsta fan page, um, Sean Gsta self. Uh, that's my personal page. I'm overstacked on friends too, so you might not be able to get on that page. But it's good to go to the fan page and just put Gsta in. I think Black Niff got a page too. On I am Black everything. B l a k n i f i c e n t. I'm everything. Yeah. You can even find me on MySpace still. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, SoundCloud, I got G to dash G. Um, shit, uh, what else, man? I'm all over you, the place. YouTube, you know, official G to. SoundCloud, you, you might find a few extra little lanyap on, on me with SoundCloud. Sometimes I just throw some beats up there just for the heck of it. Mm. Hell you know? yeah. And oh, you go to the, you go to, I got the videos on Vivo. You look, man, it's simple as this. You go to the website, SoStimulusENT.com, it's going to link to every social media site there is that I have linked to. Uh, got the blog, everything. Um, we got the watches out. We got the SoStimulus yeah. watches out. You know, we're getting ready to release the um, promo for that, the commercial for that. That's oh. been in the works for about a year now. Um, been working with this company called Modify Watches out in San Diego, mm-hmm. you know. So shout out to them. They've been very patient with us, very patient. But we got like four different designs, you know. Like I said once again, shout out to Trav. He did a lot of the designs and you know stuff like that. So um, got the So Stimulus watches. And like I said, go to www.soStimulusENT.com. And you will see the whole situation right there. And we appreciate all the fans, all the support from coast to coast, worldwide. You know, don't shoot the message out right now. And if you want to see how I get down as far as DJing, check my Mixcloud page as well. Mm. Yeah, Black Black Nipson is dope. That's what I mean. We're definitely going to add y'all to our blog roll on um, channel10podcast.com as well so people can check that out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but man, you guys are dope. We definitely appreciate having you on. Um, you know, it's definitely enlightening. It's great to hear, you know, two artists just talk about their product and the product is good. So, you know, we definitely appreciate having you grace our podcast here. 
No doubt, man. We appreciate uh, we appreciate Thank all the love and support, us, man. man. Thanks for having us, man. And anytime y'all want to sit down and chop it again, we might have something else to talk about next time. Which is going to be the classic status <laughs> album, you know. And Niff, he's going to be there too. So we're going to talk about this album because we got some fire, fire, man. The joints that I got for this classic status album so far mm. is phenomenal. Ooh, and, also, and see, I'm, I'm, I'm not really on. I'm not really on the message. But see what you say, Niff. If you just want to shoot the shit on some hip hop, then holler at me. I'm I'm always now for good conversation. Yeah, that's what's so, good, man. And definitely, um, you know, you know, keep us abreast of everything you got going on. Shoot us an email, and uh, and we'll send you stuff too. Absolutely, man. This classic status album is. Hey, bro, I'm kind of jumping out of the um. The Malcolm X looking, I'm putting on my wall ready um uniform right now. Oh. <laughs> I'm putting on my rope chain with my cane go mm. and my um Adidas attire on. I'm about to go MC straight MC on it right now. Straight walking classic shit. This is I've been supposed to put this album out, man. I supposed to put this album out three years ago, man. Huh. I've been working on this album that long. So I'm kinda pulling a detox right now. Dr. Drake. All things in due time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped, I dropped, I, I stopped working on this album with, with Niff with this Don't Shoot the Messenger because it was just that much relevant. It was just that much urgent, mm. you know? But it, it's back on the classic status now. Everything that I'm kind of thinking about is for that. Niff is definitely going to be a part of it, you know, and we're just not going to stop, man. I know he's going to make sure I go out there right with this one, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I ain't playing with you. Cool. Yeah, see? Y'all see what I got to go through? Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what I got to deal with already. See, I ain't, ain't going to stop. I ain't, ain't playing with you, nigga. I ain't playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'm supposed to do that, bro. I'm supposed to do that. So I know. Hey, hey that's, that's like my custom auto in, in the corner right there, man. Look, custom auto <laughs> and old Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good, man. But it's love, though, bro. Hey, we appreciate y'all, man. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Well, um, thank you guys for checking out this latest episode of the Channel 10 podcast. Um, and with that, we out. Peace. Peace. Different plane now, man. So good. Roll up, all good, baby, in every hood, Bridge. son. Roll up, yeah. CNN, Network Channel 10. It's on again. Network Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, gather your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, gather your face. Stay in place, yo. Crime lace.